and welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, place where you don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Oh, yeah, live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days, and you can find the podcast rendition of the program. Of course, go to michaeldeacon.com for further details. Now, before I begin, I must read this to all of you right now. And I regretfully have to say this and address everyone out there, and I thought it would be appropriate to do. Now, last week I interviewed Matthew Stein. Since then, he has passed away. He seemed in very high spirits, and we had such a great discussion here on the program. I even wanted to bring him back on and discuss all sorts of things that have been going on, and I enjoyed our banter. So now I ask all of you out there for a moment of silence for Mr. Matthew Stein. He's got a wonderful family he leaves behind. And apparently, folks, he suffered some sort of brain aneurysm while hiking, apparently. What a hard left turn that was, folks. Okay, I think that's about over with now. And the news comes in pairs, as it usually does. Bad news always does come in pairs. And another musician out there who passed away just recently, his name is Jason Trioxin. He was a guitarist for multiple bands throughout the years, and he also passed away just recently. He was also the guitarist for Mike Hideous, who you happen to always listen to here on the program. All this right before Christmas time. Terrible, right? It's going to be a blue Christmas for all this year. I hope both of their families the very best. I hope all of you out there are safe this year. Definitely a very sad time for many Americans out there. Truly, truly sad. Now, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Come on in. Don't be shy. Here we are all together again like a big, happy, dysfunctional family. Very much like what you'll be experiencing very soon, boys and girls. And special thank you to those listening in over on YouTube and the TuneIn Radio app. Enough of this banter. Let's get right into our first guest here. Is that you, sir? Yes, it is. Can you hear me loud and clear? Hear me clear, loud and clear. Amazing. How are you, sir? I'm so glad you can finally join us all here once and for all. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. And, Luke, by the way, I'm always astonished how most people actually find this program. You actually reached out to me originally. You, yes, did. Yeah, how did you catch the program, by the way? Um, we listen to a lot of online uh, shows here because uh, we live in Egypt, and it's... Um, you know that we don't really um, like regular television here. It's not that it's, 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 uh, we get a lot of American programming, but 
we just we prefer to go online and uh, listen to shows or uh, watch them on, on videos. And just came across your show by accident, quite by accident, I think. I think we enjoyed very much some of your um, viewers, some of your, your people you call you have as guests. So we've been lis- uh, regular view- listeners to your show for um, I'd say over a year. Oh wow, you've been in the game for a long time now. And when you say we, oh, yes. yeah, when you say we, you are referring to your wife, Melody. That's right, myself. Uh, we live here. We're all alone here. We just, our, our kids live back in North America, and we have uh, our pets here, and just us, just the two of us. Incredible. And of course, you hold a doctorate in economics and a master in mathematics. Yes, I do. And I also was a practicing physician in Canada for a few years uh, before I decided to leave. Basically, I left because um, I, they, when we, I graduated from university at that point, uh, you weren't allowed to practice anywhere. You were told where to go. And uh, they, they, they basically sent me to a small town up north. And uh, I was about one of three physicians in a town of uh, 15,000 people. And it was just just overworked, was working about uh, 12 hours a day, and you were limited to the amount of patients you were allowed to to bill for. So uh, I decided to leave and went back to university. Understood. And what exactly got you motivated enough to pursue mathematics? Not exactly a field most people want to go go into, really. Well, it was my uh, it was always my first love. I I really enjoyed it, but. Um, I kept thinking, well, where the heck are you going to go if you have a mathematics degree? And uh, the only place, if you were an American, you could go, basically the CIA or uh, or an NSA, because they hire a lot of people like that. But I didn't want to work for them. So um, I decided to uh, get a, an, a, a degree, a joint degree with, a, with an, a mathematics and economics. And that's what I did. did and then I went into banking. Um, joined a major bank in England for a while and uh, stayed there for about uh, eight years and then decided to branch off my, on my own and went into business for myself uh, as, a, as a consultant and I had a small investment firm. And you were always religious growing up, correct? No, oh, <laughs> not okay. at all. What happened? Um, my, um, my dad was... Uh, High Anglican in Canada. We, in fact, when, uh, when I first started going to church, I went to the cathedral. And, um, it, at that point that they had nuns there and they had incense and everything else was more Catholic than the Catholics. And my uh, mother, she was, uh, she really didn't have any religion. So, but she, she brought me to, uh, church, um, every Sunday and I stayed there until I was about, about 15 and then, a lot of, uh, we were, I grew up in a very Jewish neighborhood. My dad was quite a wealthy fellow and we were in a new development, an old house in a new development area. And all around us, there was a, they were starting to build houses and it became an extremely wealthy Jewish area at that point. So the schools that I went to were all primarily Jewish and all my friends were Jewish. So, uh, when they started to get bar, bar mitzvah, you know, <laughs> uh, um, uh, I decided to, uh, my dad said, I brought kids home and they were going to a bar mitzvah and they, they were all telling him, uh, today I am a man and all the rest of it. So 
he said, well, I guess you're a band too. What do you want to do? And I said, I don't want to go to church anymore. And that was the end of it. So I never went back to church after that. But um, I got thrown into this quite by accident. When I was in um, university, um, I started to have a, I started to have a dream. And it was a very, and I had it over and over again, um, for many, many years. Um, it was a, the same dream, but it was, uh, it was, um, I could never understand really what it meant. Uh, what I, it was, uh, I saw, uh, I saw myself walking along a path and then I saw a large door in front of me and the door had a keyhole in the shape of a sewing needle, but the key was missing. And when I tried to open the door, it was locked. And then I heard something behind me. And when I looked, it was a camel running towards me. And the camel didn't have a rider. And as it approached the door, it went right through the keyhole. And I saw myself walking away from the door. I saw I had, I had changed. I had a cane in my right hand. I was limping on my left leg, and I had a white beard. And up to this point in my life, I certainly wasn't what you would call religious. Um, I hadn't been back to church since I left at around 16. Um, however, I did recognize the symbolism of the camel going through the eye of a needle, but couldn't relate it to myself, as I certainly wasn't even working at that time, and I couldn't be called a wealthy man or in any stretch of the imagination. So that dream followed me for many years, and uh, I think I took the following approach. I figured if God Almighty stopped annoying me with these dreams, I would I would do my best not to annoy him too much. And I followed this philosophy of mine for a period of 30 years. Um, I was too caught up at that point with working and making money and concerned with what I want, with what I wanted out of life and uh, not too concerned with the needs of others, I guess, including my creator. But um, the number 30 in Holy Gematria means to wound, chastise, or smite in order to heal. It also means a possession, a belonging to. Um, Hebrews 16, uh, 12, 16 states, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he certainly caught up with me. Um, I was playing football on a weekend with a few men in, the, in our neighborhood and one morning in the park, and the, the grass was wet. We started to play too early, I guess. And um, one leg went one way, and the other leg went the other. And the next thing I knew, I was in the hospital recovering from surgery for a broken kneecap. And... Um, in the in the hospital and later in rehabilitation, I decided that um, I'm going to take a closer look at this, or next time it might even be in my neck. So I started to read the Bible seriously, and um, read it twice, cover to cover. And uh, if I was supposed to find a door, I couldn't even find a basement window. Uh, I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I decided um, at that time to learn Hebrew, and then I learned Koine Greek. Um, the, the New Testament is written in both Hebrew and Koine Greek. And by the year um, 2000, I wasn't getting any further along, so I decided to um, sell my business and devote full time to this. And that's what I did. Um, first thing I did was was I um, uh, I started to look historically at the, at the at what was known about Jesus and his family, and most. Um, Biblical um, theologians now think that he was an Essene Jew or closely related with the Essenes, and that's the that's the that's the same view I came to. So we started. I started to look at the Essenes. I started to examine their their life, 
they wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, went to uh, Israel several times, visited their, visited their area around the Seen Gate in Jerusalem where they have the Mecca baths. You can still see them to this day. And they also, um, their principal uh, headquarters was in a place called Koram, which is just south of Jerusalem on the Dead Sea. Um, then what happened was um, I discovered something quite by accident. Um, the the term 666, um, okay, it actually, what it meant was um, it's related to uh, the Hebrew and the and the um, educational system that the scenes had their uh, new uh, new um, members join. Um, the um, at at an age of twenty, uh, sorry, the um, the 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 the, uh, the four levels uh, that the men ma- uh, matched the four the first four letters of the Hebrew alphabet in the school. The priest um, or the first alphabet was, letter was Alf. Then he became Beth, then Gimeth, and then and then Galeth. So the pictograph of the letter Gimeth um, in Hebrew is a camel, and the word camel is derived from a variation of Gemel. A man who went through to become an Essene started his studies at age 20 and went through a series of grades in his religious training. At 23, he reached the first grade, Samoth, or full initiation, and four years of education followed, taking him to Quaff, or graduation, at 27 years old. A quaff also meant eye of a needle. The graduate had symbolically gone through an eye of a needle when he graduated. Um, at age 28, he reached Resh. Then another, after another two years, he reached Ta and was given the sign X. And the numerical, the numerical values of these letters in Hebrew were 60, Samoth, 200, Resh, and 400, Ta, or 660. That's one of the primary numbers of the Antichrist. We don't look for someone whose name comes to 666. I'll get to that in a minute. But right. The, 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 the 660 is is where what we're actually supposed to look for is someone who has the number 660 plus 6. Because once he reached the, the grade of 660, the letters were put together and a wah added. And as a usual letter attached to a Hebrew letter in order to make it a word, and since Wah was six, the total combination came to six, sixty, and six. So that's what we have to look for when we're looking for the Antichrist, not six, six, six. And as there's six symbols or six digits in six, 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 the six, six, six means three different things. The six is his name, first and last. The second means the city he was born in, and the third means his country of birth. Just like if you, I met you on a plane and we sat down together, we might, I might say, what's your name? And you might tell me. Then I'd say, well, where are you from? You might tell me and you might say, uh, Boise, Idaho. So those are the three things we need to find. Understood. And one of the first things that you told me through email was that you want to be the first person to announce who the beast, the Antichrist, is that will usher in Armageddon and the New World Order. Yes, I do, and I'm not. I'm going to go further than that. The, the most biblical prophecies are all duality when it comes to the end times. 
So on the show today, I'm going to announce who the first beast coming out of the sea was, which we've already uh, been through. And then I'm going to announce who the second beast will be coming out of the sea, which will be the Antichrist. And I'll also tell you who the false prophet along with the first beast was and who the false prophet along with the second beast is. Amazing. And one other thing I did want to quickly mention here was I did have a previous guest by the name of mm-hmm. Mike Rogers. Okay. He believed that Jared Kushner was the Antichrist. What's your thoughts no. and opinions on that? Go ahead. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I, I like, uh, there's a fellow, a fellow by the name of Gerald Slurry. He's a famous uh, evangelist, and he's been saying that there's a fellow by the name of um, Guttenberg. Um, I forget his first name, but it's Zoo Guttenberg. Who was the, uh, and he was saying that he was the Antichrist and he was the, he was the defense minister of Germany and announced that his candidate, he announced his candidacy to take over Merkel's position when she decided to leave. And, um, I kept on telling my wife that no, this, this is impossible. And the next thing we found out was that, um, he's been discredited in Germany because, um, he, uh, uh, he uh, fraudul- fraudulently uh, um, uh, plagiarized his uh, doctorate, Uh-oh. and he's been drummed out of the government. And then I've heard other people say that the Antichrist has to be a woman, which is totally wrong. And I've heard uh, other people say that the Antichrist was going to be a Muslim, and that's partially true because you see, in the, in um, Jesus's day. There was many antichrists. Uh, he, uh, Herod the Great was considered an antichrist by them. And also one of Jesus' disciples was considered the antichrist. And also his, his mistress, and that was, that was Simon Magnus, but his mistress, uh, Helena was also considered, um, the, uh, the great harlot who was dressed in scarlet because she was, um, she wore scarlet because she was considered uh, a bishop in the uh, church, and she was also considered a harlot because uh, in the early church there was um, uh, uh, prostitution, holy prostitution practice, and she was the mistress and prostitute in the early church. And, and th- actually, uh, Simon Magnus, is uh, probably the most prevalent uh, per, uh, disciple that you read in the in the New Testament. He's a, he's the um, he's a, one of the principal characters, probably the second one after Jesus. And uh, he was friend, very much friendly with Jesus until they had their, their break. And Simon went one way, he went back to Rome, and um, and uh, with his wife and uh, or his mistress. And um, Jesus stayed in uh, in, uh, in in Galilee. So, yeah, the, the yes. there's a lot of people out there who think that uh, you know have their own visions of the Antichrist. But we'll get to that a little bit later. In no problem, of course. And on a side note, there's yep. been lots of discussion whether Jesus was of a darker skin complexion. Opposed to what Christians see today as oh, he definitely was. more of a Caucasian man, which was basically, yeah, was a, yeah, which was a painting of someone else. 
It, it was very dark. It was very dark. And the, see, that's what, it was, it's quite, quite funny you said that because Gamal Abdel Nasser, when he was in Egypt, he, one of his comments he made when the Jews started to return to Israel was that they had left, uh, they had come in, they had come in originally from the Exodus and they were black and now they were coming back white. And he meant that the majority of the European Jews that were coming in to Israel in 1948 and afterwards, as they weren't Jews at all. And he's, he's correct about that. They are, they, they were the Khazar Jews who basically, um, when they lived in Persia, adopted the Jewish religion, but they weren't exactly, they weren't born Jews. Okay. And they, and again, they were all white. So eventually, but there's more to it than that. Of course, the, yes. The Jews, the Jews in 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 the south, in Judea, okay, they were the Jews. In Samaria, that's where the the ten tribes of Israel lived, okay. All all Israelites are Jews, and Jews are Israelites, but not all Israelites were Jews. So when you talk about the ten tribes of Israel, and a lot of people say, well, you know, Britain. And America are not even in the Bible. Of course, they're in the Bible. Britain, okay, and and America are um, Manasseh and Ephraim. Um, American being Ephraim, um, sorry, America being Manasseh, and Great Britain and the Commonwealth of Nations are Ephraim, and those exactly were what the um, the blessings that uh, that were given to them. Um, Ephraim was to become a multitude of nations and America was to eventually break off and go out on her own and that's exactly what happened so no, Ephraim is Great Britain and Manasseh is uh, um, America and they are both definitely mentioned in the Bible when you say the in the end times amazing in the end times especially especially, yes yes. when you said but they're Go ahead, but their but their, <laughs> yes. but their futures are not great. Understood. And when you mention the Israelites, my mind goes back to all the YouTube clips that I see of the so-called Hebrew Israelites on YouTube there that harass people in New York. Well, they are they are actually the Jews. Yeah, they're Jews. Have you seen uh, that? But but yes, I have. You my mean goodness. those fellows? They're they're the ones that are are saying that there shouldn't be an Israel. And they are correct. I mean, they're very when, vocal. When, go, yes. Pardon? I said they're very, God, very vocal group there. Oh, yeah. When God gave Israel back, uh, 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 allowed the, uh, the Jews to return to Israel in 1948, what he was giving them back the land, but he expected them also to come back to him and they never did. So technically the land belongs to them. But they shouldn't be there today. Okay? So the, the, the real Jews, the ones that are in New York, okay, the, 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 the people in Great Britain and the people in America, I mean, their future is a second exodus. They're going to be, they're going to be, America and Britain are going to be in, in captivity. And they're eventually going to be sent, and it says in the Bible, going to be sent by ship to Egypt to go to a second exodus. I mean, it's very interesting that, it is. That, that that Trump is talking about a wall, okay? And he not only mentioned a wall for America, he mentioned a wall to the Spanish uh, president, and he wanted him to build a wall in, in, in across the Sahara Desert. 
Okay. Well, a wall can keep people out, but a wall can also keep people in. Okay. And that's what his wall is basically what what he wants his walls for. He wants his walls to keep the the African migrants and later on the uh, the the people that he's going to or the people that are the Antichrist is going to bring into uh, Egypt uh, to prisoners. They're going. To, he wants the wall for them, and he also wants the wall to keep not only the Mexicans and the other immigrants out of out of America, but he wants the wall to keep Americans from getting out, and that's what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, how do you get? How do you feel about President Trump, given the fact that it's almost 2019 now? We've been able to sort of observe how he handles uh, the the chair, the, the proverbial chair. Of the nation, um, where would you grade President Trump? Um, President Trump is not who people think he is. Okay, if we're going to talk about President Trump, we have to talk about another author. And the author I want to talk about for a minute, sure, is a fellow about uh, Zechariah Zitzin. Have you ever heard of him? Zechariah Zitzin. Zechariah Zitzin. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Have you ever? Okay. Well. What he what he did is he 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 really put people off on the wrong course by saying that you know he was talking about the Anunnaki and he was talking about uh, Nibiru and he was talking about them coming back and they were all supposed to be uh, you know helpers of humanity creators of of humanity and this is all totally wrong okay first of all he was associated with the Catholic the Roman Catholic Church, and in, 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 in fact, he got a, a he got a, a citation from them uh, for his work. And um, Zechariah, the, 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 to give you an example, the, the, there are the, the four main characters in his book are Anu, Enki, Enel, and Mardoch. Correct. All are mentioned. All are mentioned in the Bible. Okay. Um, in fact. All of these fellows are all of these gods, if you will, because when God created mankind, he created other gods and he created, it's, it's called Elohim in the Bible and it's called Beni Ha Elohim or sons of the gods. Ah, Elohim. They're all here yes. on earth. Mm-hmm. Elohim, yeah. And, um, uh, they're all, you know, they, they never left the earth. They're all here. Because the earth is basically what we're what we're in here is a prison colony. When um, we can't, like it's impossible. I don't care what NASA says. It's impossible for us to leave the planet, and it's impossible for anybody to come into this planet. Okay. And the Elohim or the Anu, Marduk, Enki, they are not here to help us. Okay. They're here to kill us basically, and that's what they're trying to do today. Mankind has basically three um, enemies for uh, uh, today. Um, they're the Nazis, and they're all back in the United States, and they're in, they're in Argentina, especially and also in Germany. That's the first group that's against us. The second group are the Zionist uh, Ashkenazi Jews, which are totally against us, because not so much that they hate us as the Nazis do, but because... Um, they have a different philosophy in their religion. They're from Babylon, and their religion is from Babylon. And they believe that they have to encourage 
the Messiah to come rather than having the Messiah come when he decides to. So um, they want to usher in wars uh, in order to usher in this this messianic um, era, okay? But um, they also want, um, in fact, they're talking about it currently, about a, a king, okay, Bring, uh, nominating a king or a, or a, a, mas- a messiah, if you wish, um, who I don't know who they tend to nominate or, any, or anything like that, but they are talking about it today. And the third group are the group that you just mentioned, and um, uh, the Anunnaki, and they're all back. In fact, they're back with a vengeance, and they're all in principal places of power today. And we'll get into that in a little while. Yeah, it's interesting that you did bring up the whole Operation Paperclip agenda that did take place back uh, for World War II during that era. And, yeah, the Americans gave them all a nice five-star resort afterwards. They sure did. And there's a lot of, well, the trouble there, uh, too, um, uh, Michael, is that... Um, a lot, even a, a lot of the Nazis, okay, were, were demons, very, very definitely demons, and um, they're all back today. Every last one of them, um, and that's uh, uh, when I say when the word locust is in the Bible, okay, it's in the Revelation, and when, and they talk about locusts coming. And I recently saw on the internet somebody that had found somewhere in, in the United States. A locust. It was a it was a very strange type of locust, and it was huge. And what the uh, Illuminati are trying to you know put in people's minds that this is there's going to be some kind of bug uh, going around biting people. Okay, well, locust in the Bible means Nazis, and uh, it also says there there's uh, adders. Okay, well, the adders are the SS, and they're all going to come back. And, you know, they're going to be the ones in charge of your FEMA camps. So anybody that's going to stick around if, if they're alive and go into a FEMA camp, don't. You know, do anything you have to to protect yourself, but don't hit the FEMA camps. Yes. Because uh, the other thing, too, was that the Nazis, and most people don't know this, during the Second World War, they um, used the guillotine and basically killed about 300,000 uh, people through the use of the guillotine. Well, what did the, what did, uh, FEMA do? Uh, 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 they bought a huge amount of electric, um, uh, guillotines. And so that they're, you know, they, they say there's 63,000 sealed, uh, indictments that Trump is waiting to issue. You know, I don't believe that he's trying to clean the swamp. I think what he's trying to do, or he will do, is those 63,000 uh, uh, sealed indictments are for Christians, Christian leadership in the country. And as soon as martial law is declared, they'll go after them and they'll arrest all of them. And that, because they're trying to, they're trying to silence, uh, everything to do with Christianity in America today. By the way, it's interesting that you bring that up. The Trump administration, I joked, I joke around often that I compare them to a major league baseball team in the fact that they have so many line of changes in their administration. Oh, right. 
Isn't that amazing, though? I've never seen anything like that. I've I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, No one has. We've never seen so many bodies hit the floor like that. No, 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 never. Um, But, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to tell you who the man. (laughs) Okay, since we're we're getting on Trump, we might as well do this part, okay? Um, Sure. in, In the Bible, Especially in the Old Testament, okay, the the, the word Satan is never used. It's it's used, but it's always the Satan. It's not Satan. And totally in the Bible, Jesus said there was many Satans. Well, there's the Satan in the Old Testament. There's Satan in the in the in the New Testament, and in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament, there was a character by the name of Lamish. Who is also considered a Satan. Okay. The Satan who can only do work that is controlled by God. Okay. Um, that today is definitely Nathaniel Rothschild. Satan, the one that's causing all the problems. Okay. Is Anu. Um, Lamish. Again, another Satan, uh, who's back in uh, today, is Enel. And we'll come to this in a minute, but there's also Mardok back. And Mardok, in the Bible, was Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he was also, and, and he's he's been back many times, and we'll get to him in a little while. And Enki, okay, who is the man of lawlessness, um, he is your Donald Trump. I see, yes. Okay. Understood. So, uh, but we'll get to all this in a minute. Um, I didn't know you were, part- I, I didn't know yep. you were that, um, that deep in with this sort of knowledge in terms of the Sumerians and their history. Um, quite fascinating. Well, you have to find out who your enemies are. <laughs> well, that's 100% true. I agree with that. Um, because um, uh, I think what I better do is I better start uh, going into Revelation, and then you can see what I've done. Yes, no problem. And then you'll see where we're going, okay? And, of course, for, um, for those out there that don't know, Dr. Luke Prophet I'll, will be here again to continue this series since there's so much to get into here tonight that we will definitely not cover all of it here. Oh, heck no. We won't get into the the main parts of it. But anyway, go ahead. um, I will announce, as I said, the the Antichrist. That's definitely what I'll do today. But um, I want to just show you something here. Um, America, unfortunately... Uh, we'll not have an, another elected president after Donald Trump. Really? There won't be another one? No. There will not be another one. And there will also not be another prime minister of Israel. Because as soon as they're out of the picture, okay, it'll be Armageddon and it'll be the war of Gog and Magog. Um, so uh, in the book of Edris, okay, it, it mentions exactly how many um, 
leaders of Israel there will be. And when they're talking about Israel, they're not only talking about the country of Israel, they're also talking about America. And it's the same amount of people. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll go into that in a little while, but they're going to be the last ones. But um, I just want to find this. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, let me just find this. Yeah, no problem. I also did want to get your opinion yeah. on uh, Mel Gibson and the Passion of the Christ a little later here tonight. I definitely wanted to know your take. Uh, uh, I have another book coming out, and it's about Jesus himself, okay? Okay. And there's, there's so much um, falsehoods about him. I mean, really, really... Uh, Falsehood, but, uh, well, there's some biblical, I'll, I'll there's some bi- biblical scholars who believe he didn't even exist. Oh, he existed, all right. He, he was actually, um, he was actually El El Shaddy, the god El Shaddy, and he actually came back and he took human form and became Jesus. His spirit did, okay. Uh, he he had the spirit. Well, he was El Shaddy, and he and, and he had his spirit, but. We'll get into that in a little while. Just want to read, Go ahead. tell you, read, read this for a minute. And in Matthew 18, verse 21, 22, it says, uh, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and forgive, and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Well, if you do the gematria on forgive up to seven, 70 times seven, okay? And you reduce it down to one-digit numbers, it comes to nine six nine. The modern verse of this means forgive up to seventy times times seven means forgive until you are complete, and that comes to the same numbers six nine nine. But but when I when I started to get into this, I noticed something that uh, because one of the four-digit numbers of the digmatria was nineteen ninety two. If you look, if you take one of this, 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 this gematria number of 1992 and look at it as a year, okay? Um, what happened in 1992 that had to do with forgiveness? Bush and Yeltsin proclaim a formal end to the Cold War. The U.S. lifts trade sanctions against China. Pope John Paul II issues an apology and, and lifts the edict of the Inquisition against Galileo Galilee. And Japan apologizes for forcing Korean women into sexual slavery during World War II. I have 700 in my book. I've written about 5,000 pages. Um, it might come to four books. I'm trying to get it down to a trilogy. In my book, I have 700 examples where the four, there's four digits that are over 1,000. They come to a year. And I've managed to find uh, about half of them that relate to the Bible verse, the modern Bible verse of what the, the Bible, the, like the comparison of the modern verse to the biblical verse and how it relates to the biblical verse. And I found 350 of these out of 700. So, um, this is the, the, the odds of this happening are something like 10, uh, sorry, one out of 10 quadrillion. Um, so there's much more to gematria and holy gematria than, than most people realize. And I think that uh, the Jews have been hiding this from us for years. 
They've been hiding for years, you think? Yeah, I think I think they didn't want Christians to know about it because if you do the Gematria on on Jesus on God Almighty, I mean you can find the truth for yourself. And you know my book is going to teach people how to do this and how to do this for themselves. And I really need some help from some of your listeners because in my book I've left uh, I've marked in bold four some four digit numbers where there should be something relating to a year to the biblical verse, and I'm going to need their help. I'm going to need them to put on their, uh, you know, their, their, uh, deer, their deerstalker Sherlock Holmes hats and help me do this, and I'll give them credit in my book if they come up with a relating something to the year, to years. So if they want to get in touch with me, I'll give them my email address later, and they can help me do this if they're interested in, in trying to solve a mystery or they're interested in, uh, in, uh, in mystery in mysteries that um, they can participate in themselves. Understood. And, of course, your website is theblaringtrumpet.com, correct? No, that's, that'll be up and running along with my website probably at, by, by Valentine's Day. You uh, mean? Right now, they, right now they can contact me at Dr. Luke Prophet, L-U-K-E-P-R-O-P-H-E-T, at Outlook, O-U-T-L-O-O-K.com. Incredible. And, of course, that website I mentioned, that's not your website. Oh, the website you mentioned is mine, but it's not up and running right now. I, I, oh, okay. I've got to get my, my book. I've got to get my books loaded onto it, and I have to, uh, you know, I, uh, it's got to have some work done. I haven't been able to get – I'm, you know, I'm trying to finish trying to finish three books at the same time trying to, and trying to get this website built. Understood. Okay, I see. And earlier you did mention the Catholic Church. And we all know the issues with Pope Francis and what he's been up to out there. Just recently, he even vowed that he will never again cover up clergy sex abuse. That's right. And he also said when he came to Washington, he also said he was coming in his own name. Right. And that's in the Bible. When Jesus said, I come in my own name and they don't, uh, they don't, they didn't, um, they didn't uh, accept me, but others will come in their own name and they will be accepted. I just don't understand why this has been so prevalent in the Catholic Church and why so much cover-up for all these uh, scandals that have been going on for such a long time. But, of course, they're not the only religious group who is under scrutiny. No, they're not. Um, you know, there's... There's so much uh, sexual abuse out there today that's unreal, but, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, people aren't being prosecu prosecuted properly. Yeah, it's very sad. And by the way, I went to your website, and yeah. I heard I heard the trumpet playing there. <laughs> it actually came uh, through. Yeah, I actually had it muted on uh, the other laptop, but it actually bled through the channel. I apologize for those who heard that. That's uh, okay. Going I'm through sorry there. about that. Amazing. Uh, so uh, I want to get into a little bit about Geometra right now. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And definitely we must tell the audience a little bit about that and what it means for those that don't know. Okay. Um, 
In the Bible, it, it, uh, in Isaiah 28, verse 10, it says, order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there. Well, um, order, uh, if you, line on line, line on line, well, online means that, uh, that the secrets of revelation would only be discovered in the computer age when there was a website, uh, when, when the internet was on. That's what online means. And a little here, a little there means that, um, you might be, uh, in the Bible, you might be, uh, reading a chapter on, on one thing and you could find another, a verse that is totally unrelated. In other words, especially in Revelation, it's not, the, the chapters in Revelation are not continuous. They are not in order. Okay, you might you might find uh, something about the, the trumpets blowing, and then down further you might find about the woes. Uh, it, it, there's not it's 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 all mixed up, and it's very difficult to read. Um, that's why that's why people like Lucifer didn't even consider it a biblical book. Um, uh, not Lucifer, Luther. <laughs> Sorry, okay, uh, yes. Luther didn't ever consider it an, uh, uh, a biblical book. Um, uh, in in, uh, in uh, you have to, when it, when it's uh, when you're going into Geometra, um, I use um, there, there's a, in Deuteronomy seventeen six. Chapter 17.6 of Deuteronomy says, On the evidence of two witnesses, or three witnesses, um, he shall, who is to die shall, shall be put to death. He shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. And then it says a little further on, in 1915, um, any matter can be, uh, on the evidence of two or three witnesses, any matter can be confirmed. Well, the word witness in, in, in Gematria also means number. Uh, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the Greek alphabet also means a number. So what it's telling us is you can pretty well figure out anything as long as you have two geometric numbers that match uh, correspondingly to whatever you're trying to find out. Um, what I use is, uh, I, if you will, to Geometrics, um, G-E-M-A-T-R-I-X dot org. Uh, I don't use that as for my Geometria, but that will give you three witnesses. It'll give you Hebrew Geometria, it'll give you uh, English Geometria, and it'll give you simple Geometria for any Bible verse or anything that you, you plug in there. Any, you put a word in, you put it in a, in a, in a, in a verse of the Bible. If you're going to put in a verse in the Bible, you have to make sure that you put in, uh, either the, uh, the principal words or the word between the two commas. Like, just, you know, don't go from, don't keep running a run-on sentence. Like go from one, uh, from one sentence into another. Just make it very simple and do it continuously. By the way, I looked it up really quickly here. And it says the gematria of Donald Trump is the Messiah, son of David. <laughs> That's what a website here says. I don't know why. I don't understand that. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, but that is that is is one that anybody can use. I use. I had to. Uh, I started this years ago, and I have to make my own 
um, I have to do my own coding on this and do my own geometry. Uh, but it's very, very close to what it, that that does. The trouble, you see, there's there's holy geometry that goes back to the time when the Jews first got the Torah from from uh, God on Mount Sinai, because when they brought it down, they realized right away that uh, there was hidden messages in it, and they tried to um, they tried to figure out uh, some of the hidden messages themselves through uh, through the use of geometry at that point. Um, the, the problem with this is the people like the Bushes, okay, who are Bush changed his name basically. He's a Kazari Jew. Um, he said he was a born again Christian and he's an evangelical. He's, he's totally lying. I didn't know he was a Jew. Uh, but, oh yeah, he is. He's a, uh, he, I, I have his, I had his, I don't remember what his name was, but I have his name in my book uh, where, they, where his grandfather changed it. Um, and they were associated with the Nazis. I mean, his bank, his grandfather's bank was, was taken over by Hoover um, because he was trading with the Nazis um, in New York City. But anyway, um, he uh, they they use gematria to find uh, to find out uh, verses in the Bible that they can use. Like if you go to Revelation chapter uh, where is it? Chapter eleven. Um, where is it? Chapter eleven. Chapter ten. Yeah, ch chapter 11. Yeah, ch Revelation chapter 11 is, is quite interesting because it has a story about um, the both Kennedy assassinations, the bro his brother and, and, and Jack and Bobby, and it has 9-11 in it. And it also has uh, a sentence, one sentence in here. It says, though these have the power to shut up the sky in order that rain may not fall during the days, of their prophesizing, and they have the power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. Well, that's what exactly what's happening today. I mean, um, the Illuminati, or whoever's in charge of this, is uh, controlling our weather. It's controlling uh, fires, uh, like the, the fire in par paradise, okay? Uh, they're controlling turning rivers, and they've had rivers in Russia and rivers um, in Canada that have turned to blood, um, and uh, smiting the earth with every plague is, of course, um, tidal waves, earthquakes, and um, um, they've even had hail in parts of Middle East uh, recently. So our weather has been taken over by by this group who is trying, who are basically trying to kill mankind. Is that what That's you think? What is that what you think? perhaps caused those fires out here in California. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you, you know, if you, uh, a few years, I think a year or so ago, there was a major fire in Canada near the uh, tar, fence, tar sands, okay? And I have a, a friend who was a, a firefighter. Um, he goes all over Canada fighting forest fires. And he said that was the first fire he'd ever seen that actually jumped over a mile-wide river from one side to the other. That's impossible. It had this had to be a controlled fire, and it had to have been started on both sides uh, of the river. Um, Understood. And, and on a side note, yeah, on a, on a side note, really what? quickly here, you, you mentioned nine eleven. Mm -hmm. Just quickly here, what's your take 
on that whole fiasco that we all experienced that morning. Oh, that was, you know, that was one of the most sad. See, Revelation 11, okay, at the end of it, it says, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Well, a woe in the Bible and in Geometra means a curse. Unfortunately, America has been cursed, and so has England and Great Britain, okay? Um, they yeah, were, we they that. were given, they were given, uh, all kinds of blessings. I mean, uh, Great Britain and America, they controlled the Panama Canal, Gibraltar, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, the Suez Canal. And what happened? I mean, uh, uh, they gradually, gradually all of these have been taken away from them. And if they had repented, if they were like Nineveh and they repented, we might have gotten another hundred years out of it. Okay. But we haven't. In fact, things are just getting worse. But, you know, you can't, people can't think that, um, all of these people, uh, if you want to call them that, that are trying to destroy us are acting on their own and they are, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get away with, with whatever they're going to try to get away with. They aren't. Um, everybody, everything that's happening today is under God's control. And it says in the Bible that he's laughing about, he's laughing, he's laughing about what they're trying to do. Because that, 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 um, that hydron, hydron, um, accelerator that's in, uh, uh, Switzerland, that is actually a weapon. And what they want to, want to do with that is they want to create, um, black holes. And what their objective is, is that when Christ himself comes back, I said, they're going to try to drag him into a black hole, and that'll be the end of him. Well, it isn't going to happen. <laughs> and um, But as to get back to 9-11, I mean, uh, they knew that that something was going to happen on the date it occurred. Okay? I have that so, sense but, as well, that they obviously had prior knowledge before that actually went sure. down, sir. Sure, and they, and they, and, uh, who, you know, they sold the building. I mean, uh, they, they, they leased the building for 99 years, about, you know, a month beforehand. Um, they wanted to destroy evidence because, uh, if you look at what was hit, the Pentagon building was hit exactly where the auditors were auditing the trillions of dollars where they, uh, where they, uh, that had, had was missing from the Pentagon. And, uh, the Building 7, which came down after the world, the two World Trade Centers, that had, uh, all the Solomon Brothers, uh, offices in it. Um, plus the gold was underneath it. Okay. They got rid of the gold. An LL, an LL flight was one of the only few, few flights that, that left the country heading for Israel with those fellows that they, that they caught, those Mossad agents who they caught dancing. Uh, when the buildings came down, they were on that flight, as well as all the gold that was in, uh, in, in New York City under, under that building. And it all went to Israel. And who did it go to? Went to Rothschild. And he's done that before. I mean, uh, in my book, in one of my books, I have, uh, two, two ships that the Rothschilds controlled that held gold on them. Both of them sank. And of course, the gold wasn't on it when they sank. And, the British government controlled the gold, and they never went after the Rothschilds for the money. Of course, they were squared to. I mean, he could have done anything to them. So Rothschild and stealing gold, that's that's par for the course. 
Yeah, that's and been going on for, for such a long time now. And yeah, it sure has. Yeah, it, but, it's, uh, it's crazy, though, but, that President Eisenhower did warn about this, I don't know how many years ago, 57 years ago, perhaps, about the military security complex. Uh, the real well, he threat. About, he warned about. He warned about it. Yeah, but he also helped organize it. Well, that's true. So uh, you know, uh, Kennedy wanted to do away with. See, Kennedy was assassinated for for many, many different reasons, and I think there was actually three groups involved. Um, the rifle he was shot with was a Mauser, and that disappeared. Uh, and they and they brought up another type of rifle and said that, that was a, this was a rifle they shot him. But the, the detective actually found the rifle in in the. Uh, in the building where Oswald uh, was working, um, it, he, he, he swore on a stack of Bibles it was a Mauser. Mausers were built, built, built in Germany, and there was only one country they went to, and that was Argentina. And they went to the Peron regime. And, of course, the Peron regime had nothing but Nazis in it, his regime. It's just a simple uh, fact that we don't get any sort of real, tangible facts, per se, about the whole JFK assassination nor 9-11, kind of says it all. It sure does. Um, but uh, one of the things about the Kennedy assassination that's mentioned in Revelation is um, interesting because it said their, 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 body, their dead bodies will lie in the streets of the great city was mystically is, uh, called Sodom in Egypt. Well, Sodom, if you put in, uh, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but what, either Sodom either relates to Los Angeles or to Dallas, or, or to, to Dallas, and, and Egypt relates either either uh, I don't know which one it, which is, which is which, but Sodom and Egypt also relate to uh, definitely relate to either Dallas or Los Angeles, the two cities where Bobby and um, and Jack were killed. Um, it, uh, the, one of the things I also want to say is that um, when Jesus Jesus was asked by the mother of John uh, and James of Zebedee uh, whether her sons could sit on both sides of Christ in heaven, and he said he couldn't do they could, he couldn't do that because that was up to his father. But then he said uh that uh peter uh, he said to him and peter questioned him he said that uh unless you want to pick up my cup which meant unless they wanted to follow him to death and to death and um a lot of biblical scholars have taken that and they they think that it meant that um james or john of zebedee would still be alive today when Jesus returned, or or would have never died. Uh, well, my take on this is that John and Jack Kennedy were definitely James and John of Zebedee. Uh, they were the two witnesses. Um, so the two witnesses that they that people think are going to come, and it, and it says there they, that uh, if anyone desires to hurt them, uh, fire will uh, will come out of their mouths. Well. Doesn't mean tech, it doesn't mean fire actually comes out of their mouths. What it's talking about is truth will come out of their mouths. And that's what Jack did. He told the truth. He said that uh, he wanted to, he wanted to break up the FBI. He wanted to break up the CIA. He wanted to break up NSA. He wanted to issue gold backed currency and do away with the uh, Federal Reserve. 
and he wanted to stop Ben-Gurion in Israel from getting the atomic bomb. So, you know, multiple reasons why he was killed. Oh, yes. So many variables are, in fact, to be considered during this during this uh, time, rather. And, right. Yes. Right. And, of course, the chat room, very interested in finding out who the Antichrist is and asking if he's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, how much time we got left? Oh, we got we got some time here. Uh, we got a half an hour or so? Or? Yeah, we got oh. a half an hour or so. Okay. Uh, I just want to go into one thing about 9-11, okay? Yes, go um, ahead. 11 of Revelation. It says, um, uh, where are we here? Yeah, and after th- after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood on their feet with great fear uh, fell upon them who were beholding them. Well, if you look at television coverage of 9-11, okay, from the time the, the, the second plane, or supposedly the second plane, there was no planes involved, uh, uh, hit the, the Trade Center and, and everything got on television, until the final uh, broadcast, when it went off the air, was exactly three and a half days. Um, it also says, um, where is it here? I forget where it was. That's okay. It happens. I'll, I'll, I'll remember. I'll, I'll figure. I'll, I'll, I'll say what else. Oh, where it says also in here that, um, and in, in that hour there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. Well, you, if you look at Manhattan and you look at, uh, the total, the total amount of square footage that was available for office space when the, when the World Trade Center fell, Exactly one tenth of the available office space was lost. So, chapter eleven does have in here uh, the the World Trade Center disaster, and it does cover the, the, the Kennedy assassination. But if people want to hear about the Antichrist, we'll get into that. Oh yes, in a few minutes. Okay? Very excited. Uh, all righty. Well, the. Uh, they, uh, let me hear, let's see here. Uh, so let me find Revelation here. Okay. Well, we're, ta- we're talking, we're here talking about Revelation 13, uh, verse 1, when it says, and I, and I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. Okay. But there's a lot of things before that that we have to, uh, we have to discover if we're going to discover the Antichrist. There's a little, um, there's a little verse in Zechariah 11:17, and biblical scholars have been examining this verse for many, many years, and they say it, 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 it relates to the Antichrist. And it says, "A sword will be on his arm, uh, and on his right, and on his right eye. He will always um, his, his arm will will be totally withered." And his right eye will be blind. Okay. So, and then there's another verse. 
further on in the Bible, which mentions, um, where are we here? That, um, where are we here? Well, anyway, let's get on to this first, okay? Um, Yeah, Zechariah 11 16 says, I'm going to raise up a shepherd, but will, he will devour the flesh of the fat sheep and tear off their hooves. We have to find someone who was, um, a shepherd. In other words, an Israelite who, um, was a warrior, who, who was a warrior on the sea and who had a withered arm, uh, a withered hand or a, a, something wrong with his hand and his right eye uh, was blind. And there's only one person that matches this and that was Horatio Nelson. Horatio Nelson lost his hand, um, uh, his right, he lost his right arm during an assault on the Spanish base of Santa Cruz and the Canary Islands and he lost his right eye in operations against the French. We're not saying that Rachel Nelson is going to come back and he's going to be the Antichrist. What we are saying is that uh, his spirit as a warrior is going to come back. And it also means that Christ is going to change things around and he's going to use an Israelite, a former Israelite, the spirit of a former Israelite, to... Um, to be a combatant against the Israelites. Okay, so that's the first thing. The next thing is um, I'll have to go to find out who the first um, Antichrist is, and I'll have to I'll have to show you that. Uh, hold on here. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, For a while, some people even thought Obama was the Antichrist. I know. Well, Obama's another story. So we'll do that another day. <laughs> yes. Another day. Um, uh, oh, i got to find this. Yeah, You're going to have to excuse me for That's a minute. Okay. i got to find this. Uh, no worries. Lots of information to go through. Uh we haven't even gotten to that. <laughs> I gotta get to. But that's interesting though, though, that you did mention that some people thought the Antichrist was a woman. Yeah, um, well, it, the Bible does mention a woman. It mentions a, uh, a scarlet, well, she was Helena back in biblical times, but it does mention a scarlet, uh, uh, a harlot, uh, riding on a scarlet beast. Well, the harlot riding on Scarlet Beast is Queen Elizabeth. Because she is a ben- uh, an Elohim. She is um, one of them. See, Elohim and ben actually means, uh, people think it means uh, giants, okay? Or the Nelephalim means the giants. It doesn't. It means nobles, okay? And it, it means the uh, people that... Um, or the nobility, the, the, the kings and queens of England and kings and queens of Europe. Because the Israelites, um, 
are not only um, okay. Here I found it. The Israelites are not only the, the Amer- like. Okay, we better we better do this first. The Israelites, <clears throat> the countries that represent the Israelites, okay, are the Scandinavian countries, like Iceland, uh, Finland, uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden. Okay, those, those Scandinavian countries, they all had kings, and the Bible says they, that all that the Israelites will all have kings. Portugal, Spain, France, Great Britain, all four countries of Great Britain: Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and England, and parts of Germany. Okay, and parts of uh, of uh, France, of Switzerland, the French part, and part of the German part. Uh, northern part of Germany. Um, those are basically your Israelites. And they came from Babylon into England and they brought the Assyrians along with them. Because your Assyrians today, when people talk about Assyria, those are your Germans. Those are your South Germans. And that's why we've had so much trouble with them because the Assyrians were always giving the Israelites trouble in biblical times. Okay? So, Let's do the first sea beast coming out of the sea, okay? Yes. So as I said, we we have to locate the name of the man, okay? We have to put further details next to the name, and we have to the then numbers have to come to six sixty plus six, okay? So the first beast coming out of the sea, okay, was Adolf, which came to two twenty eight, Hitler four thirty two, which comes to six sixty, plus Von Rau am in Infertel, which was the city that he was born in, and Austria, which comes to one nine six eight. Actually, it comes to nineteen sixty eight. So it comes to so it's not, um, so if you add it up, Adolf Hitler comes to six sixty. Bruno Am in Infertel, Austria, one nine one nine six eight reduced to one digit comes to six. Those are your six sixty plus six. That was the first beast coming out of the sea. Yes, and one thing people need to remember is that there are multiple antichrists. Yes, they are. They're, yes, there are. Um, we better let me do another. Let me do the beast. Let me do another one here. Yeah. See, Adolf Hitler. Um, I was going to just say something here. Uh, where are we here? Uh, this computer of mine is going crazy. Oh, I know. It happens. Mine was doing that earlier too. Technology is awful. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, it's okay. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, where are we here? I wanted to get this one. This again. Well, when we get, when I come back on your show another time. Well, you see, the other thing the Bible says about Hitler. Uh, was two other things. Hitler had to have Jewish roots, okay, uh, because it said that he would have Jewish blood. Well, Hitler had Jewish blood through his his, uh, his grandmother, um, actually through his mother, uh, because she worked for the Rothschilds, believe it or not. And that he got uh, Hitler was financed with him. And it also ha- and also it says that um, he also. Um, where are we here? Uh oh. 
Okay, one of the one of the things in Revelation that's interesting it says, and the beast which was and is not is himself also an eighth, and is one of the seven, and he goes to destruction. In World War One, there were seven other countries allied with Germany that made Germany the eighth: Austria, Hungary Empire, the Ottoman Empire, Bulgaria, the Sultan Sultanate of Dafu, South African Republic, Dervish State, and Emirate of Jabal Shamar, as well as Germany. And then in, in World War II, Germany had six other countries allied with her. That made her the Germany the seventh. She had Italy, Japan, Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, Hungary, Finland, and Germany. So that prophecy was fulfilled. Um, but in, in my book, you know, the Revelation covers Dunkirk. It covers the Battle of Britain. It covers uh, in detail. Uh, Pacific Ocean, uh, battles of Pacific Ocean. Uh, one of the things that is interesting, very interesting, is if you put, plug in Royal Navy into the Geometra website, it comes up to the year 1692. Well, in the New World at that time, the, one of the principal ports in the New World was not Boston. It wasn't New York. It was a port. Uh, it, was a, it was a port of. Port, it was a port of Port Art Royal. Port Royal, uh, during the 17th century, had more ships visiting it than, than Boston. And the reason it did was Port Royal was located in Jamaica, and it was because of the slave trade. And what, and it was a very, very, it was very, very wealthy colony. It, uh, it was very, very, uh, evil. It had nothing but prostitution, uh, slaves, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody realizes this, how much money was made in the slave trade. I mean, slaves were bought for about three dollars, thrown out. You could, you could, you could charter a ship for about a thousand dollars of our money, and you could bring a slave in. And if he survived the trip, I mean, they were being sold for uh, for about a hundred and thirty thirty dollars uh, in America. That's how the Spencers, uh, Diana, Princess Diana's family, uh, made all their money. They were in the slave trade. They have the largest private collection of art in England. That's how it was. But what happened to Port to Port Arthur? Um, it was totally destroyed in an earthquake. Uh, and it's interesting that Port Arthur equates to 1692, the year it was destroyed in an earthquake. Slavery, um, slavery still exists to this day. Uh, oh, it sure does, and oh, it's going to yeah. come back. I hope not, but yes. Uh, they're coming back. Um, okay, uh, when I said the... In Revelation 9, chapter 9, verse 3, it said, And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and power was given them, and as the scorpions of the earth have power. Well, locusts mean Nazis, definitely. Uh, they worshipped the serpent, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against him? Well, fascism, the serpent, gave its constructive power to the beast, which was Hitler. So, and, and who was in charge of the Gestapo? Uh, Himmler. And Himmler, Beast, and Gestapo all come to 666. So now we have to find, um, who was the false prophet? Right. With, false prophet with, uh, with, uh, thing. let me just find that. Yeah, they refer to Obama as the 
fallen Messiah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, uh oh. Anyway, I think what I'll do is I'll go I'll go right now into the other possible I'll go into the uh, other where people are waiting to hear who the other um, second beast coming out of the sea is. We'll do that next. Okay. So there's only one man, okay, whose name again comes to six 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 sixteen and six. Um, the word sea, when it says coming out of the sea, <clears throat> sea in biblical terms and also in gematria means nations. So this fellow will be in charge of many, many nations. Um, I don't know why many pastors or uh, people in, the, in, the, in uh, the church today think uh, there might be somebody coming out of... Uh, um, you know, a, a revised Holy Roman Empire in, uh, in Europe. Uh, that's possible. I've not found anybody, uh, who's in government or out of government or who in the military over there, it comes to 660 and 6. So right now, if there is one coming out, he's not on the horizon. Um, as I say, there's a lot of other, um, there's a lot of other antichrists that are with us today and I think they're more important than somebody coming out of Europe. But, if you put in the name Antonio, A-N-T-O-N-I-O, and Guterres, G-U-T-E-R-R-E-S, okay, and put in Lisbon, um, it comes to 518, 678, uh, 1622. And if you reduce that down, that comes to 6, okay? And if you put in Portugal, Portugal comes to 660. So it's 660 plus 6. So who is this character, Antonio Guterres? He's currently Secretary General of the United Nations. Really? And that's who, and that's who your Antichrist is, yes. Oh boy. Well, that's not, controlling all, that's not who's shocking. Controlling, who's controlling all the, all of the, of what's going on today in, with this new world order business? It's the United Nations. Yeah, someone from the UN. That does not surprise me whatsoever. Well, it doesn't surprise me either. Amazing. Rothschild, Rothschild just came out yesterday and said that the thing that's holding up their new world order is Trump. Well, Trump's not holding it up. Trump is <laughs> Trump is just putting the last pieces of the puzzle in, in place before uh, uh, before things happen. And we've, the 19, 2019 is going to be a very bad year for America. Oh my God! And, I can't wait. Yeah, 2019. It's going to be a bloodbath. Well, it's it's not going to be good. Um, There's going to be a a flood, some kind of flood. And if you look on your the backs of the uh, of the hundred dollar bill and the fifty dollar bill, you see the Hoover Dam uh, collapsing if you fold the bills, and you see uh, the bathtub around Manhattan being um, being broken by um, by a, a tidal wave. And um, I think that's – there's also, you know, uh, there's a – I believe there's going to be two bad floods in America. I believe that those, that's what the Illuminati have told us. Whether that, those come true or not, I don't know. But I just want to mention one other thing. 
and that's about uh, people that are having their hopes on the um, the uh, Harposo or the catching up. If you read uh, Genesis, go back to Genesis, okay? Um, Genesis 1, from Genesis 1-1 down to Genesis 1-2-9, uh, okay? That concerns the first creation. There's a, the second creation is in uh, chapter 2. Um, it says that every, everything in, in, in the first creation was created by God, okay? And we're talking here about God Almighty. And in this, in this creation, uh, he says that, uh, where is it here? He created the uh, gods, uh, he created the gods, he created the beasts, and, uh, and, uh, cattle. Well, these are all just, uh, if you put it into Demetra, the cattle are, are, um, uh, beasts of the field, right? And that, that means, uh, they are demons. He created everything in that point, at that point in that creation, which was not uh, uh, a creation of three uh, three dimensions of space and one of of time like we're in. It was multiple dimensions and probably a multiple a spiritual universe of some kind. But in there, he mentions that he created man, and it says. He created them in our image and in our likeness. Well, in that first creation, people think our image means we look like him and our likeness, uh, we're like him. Right. That can't, that can't be, that can't be further from the truth. Yeah. In our, our likeness, uh, or our image, our, our image means that in this first creation, there's some of us walking around here today that were created immortal. And it also means in our likeness, that some of us working running around today were uh, spiritual, much more spiritual or holy. That's what likeness means. Okay. And the second creation that was that second creation was created by it says, Lord God. Lord God is El Shaddai, which was, is who came back as Jesus. He created Adam and Eve and the rest of mankind uh, that were not created in God's image and in God's likeness. So who are these who are these people that are on earth today that uh were created in his image and his light and in his likeness? Those are the hundred and forty four thousand that are mentioned in, in in Revelation. And they are all on on earth today. They were born between I believe nineteen forty six because it says that um they can't they they are not to to have been involved uh what did it say something about they are not to have been um, they are not to have been anyway it says this about that they're that they're virgins like they're virgins well uh it doesn't mean that they haven't got they haven't had sexual relations what it means right. is they have not their dna has not been contaminated by getting involved with uh, the 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 neophim that are on Earth today, because we have uh, we have um, neophim around us, uh, and we, we even see them on TV today um, being changed into reptiles. Uh, so these are 144,000 that will be removed 
on the first uh, Hakposo or the Marriage Supper of the Lamb because they have to be taken out of here and they have to uh, participate in the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, which is actually, if you do the Gemetra, the coronation of Christ before he comes back to earth. So what happens to the rest of, the, of us? Okay. Um, those that are, have been baptized are Christians, and so on and so I said they all, that, that are not going to be removed at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, they are, have to go through the fire, okay? And the flood. But God is going to send us four craftsmen, okay? The ones that he says are going to send us for four craftsmen. Well, let's, let's take the flood first. Who were craftsmen for the flood? They were Noah and his three sons. They are going to come back and they are going to rescue some other people that are involved in the flooding in Manhattan and in um, the downriver of the Hoover Dam if it, if it breaks or whatever this flooding happens or whatever it is, uh, they're going to be there to save them. And who is going to be saving us through the fire? Well, if you look in the Bible, uh, who, who, who was rescued through the fire? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and, and the angel of the Lord, or God himself, uh, was there with them. And he's going to be rescuing those people through the fire. So that's what's going to happen to the rest of us. Um, and that is going to be what the heart puzzle is all about. So what happens? People don't dis- discuss what happens if you go into the clouds and meet the Lord. Well, what happens to you? Well, first of all, your clothes are all taken off and you are uh, anointed. And the second thing is, once you're anointed, you will receive your spiritual body. And your spiritual body is not going to be anything like you think it's going to be. Um, and I go into that in my book. And I can confirm that in two ways, because uh, there's a special, there's a word in in uh, in the Bible that means breast. And breast... Uh, in the Bible, there's a term in, in, in Hebrew for a man's breast, and there's a term for a female breast. And we are not going, and Jesus said specifically that we are going to be, we're going to be like angels. We're not going to be, there's no marriage in heaven. There's no sexual relations like we know them in heaven. Okay? We're all going to be as one, like one sex, but we are not going to be one sex. He said he considered himself a worm. And worms, a worm is, uh, is, it has two sexes, right? right. Male and female. And that's what, that's what we're going to be. And that's, and, and for, I don't know. In my case, I'm not looking forward to it too much, but we're going to have male, we're going to have breasts because El Shaddai, the word El Shaddai, and Moses called the God that he was visiting in the mountain, El Shaddai, that means great mountain God because he met him on a mountain with breasts. And when, Jesus was transfigured. Okay, I said uh, the term that he used and and the, and and the description of his clothing around his chest it means breasts as well. So when he came back and as and and was transfigured, he had breasts, and that's what we have to look forward to. That is awful. So basically, we're going to be like um, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Pardon? We're going to be like Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, pretty well. Yep. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, well, doctor, I must tell you, we are coming to a close here on the interview, and wow, the time just seemed to pass us by, Bye-bye. just like just like 2018, just 
come on through and it's it's gone. Okay, I have one further just one thing to, to mention. Go okay. ahead, go ahead, yeah. Uh, there's a, a message from Jesus in in Revelation, uh, specifically for Americans and, and and people that live in Britain or the Commonwealth, and uh, it's a four letter word, and that four letter word is flee. And the reason is that there's a lot of people in America, especially, that are, uh, you know, they, they buy geodesic dome houses because they're the strongest. Uh, they're packing uh, food away and water, uh, you know, and bulking down buying guns. Well, specifically for people buying guns, if you think you're going to be able to, 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 to uh, fight these Nazis that are going to try to throw you into FEMA camps, all you're doing is you're going to get yourself killed. So you're, you're better off uh, contacting me, and I'll let you know. There's three safe places on, in the world that you can go, and contact me, and I'll let you know what they are. And they are all in the Middle East because the Middle East is basically going to come away unscathed. Incredible. Of this trouble. Incredible Except stuff. in Gog and Magog. But um, and I'll tell you where the, where they can go, and hopefully some of your readers will get in touch with me and, and, and pre-order my book and also um, make themselves available to help me find out uh, what uh, what these numbers uh, that relate to years are. No doubt. I think many of my listeners will go out and check out your books and your website. Okay, great. That'd be great. Yeah, go ahead and plug, also, go ahead and plug anything you'd okay. like, by the way. No, that's, that's fine. Also, I'll, I'll put a plug for a friend of mine. Um, He's doing Geometria in another way. He's actually doing it, Geometria, in the way the Illuminati does. Because um, he is, uh, the Illuminati only use one form of Geometria, and that's the simple Geometria. And they are, are not even using the simple Geometria one way. So it's not a holy Geometria where you have two or three witnesses. They're only using one witness, simple Geometria. And they take a word or a group of words, and they break it down by letter not by the word or by the group of words. So they're not even doing it right. And unfortunately, in America today, they're actually using that form of geometria to actually kill people. There was a fellow, uh, a few a few weeks ago, there was a fellow, uh, the anniversary of uh, the manufacturer of the Glock weaponry in Austria, um, they had an anniversary for their their, their weapons, and there was a, a fellow minding his own business, not knowing any of this, and his name happened to be Glock, living in America, and he was actually killed. So, the, And there was a, another woman who was, I forget what the story behind her was, it's in my book, but um, she was just killed because she happened to have the wrong name uh, on, on the wrong date. You know, she was born on a specific date, had the wrong name, and she was killed. And that's what these people do. I mean, these people are killers, and unfortunately... In America, most of them belong to the to the police department, the police departments, because they get away with murder. And his name, um, his name is um, uh, Zachariah or Zachary. It's Z A C H A R Y Hubbard H U B B A R D. Um, and you can uh, shout out, go on the shout out, and you can find him. And he's got a great show. He's a great guy, and he. Uh, breaks down what what the uh, Illuminati are going to do uh, pretty well on a daily basis. Amazing. He, he can, right. And you could, and um, 
So between the two of us, you can get a good handle on what's going to happen. No problem. And I do want to thank you once again, Dr. Luke Prophet. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. Great guest. And we will definitely touch base with you, my friend. Very yeah, because soon. I would like to, I would like to next time go into, uh, the false prophets. We would, de- yes. Oh yeah. We'll definitely get into that next time you are on the program. We'll definitely okay. do it again. Okay. Get in touch with me, Michael. I sure will. Thank you so much, doctor. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Mahalo. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Luke Prophet. Wasn't that fun? Indeed. Wow. Indeed, gentlemen. Loved having him here on the program and those in, on YouTube in the chat room. I'm seeing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moist. G Don is moist right now. And that's a great segue because I actually have to use the bathroom myself. So when I return, the evil MV from bellgab.com will be live and direct. Stay tuned. You know, a, a vengeful Filipina mother would do. And so I, I can always hope in the back of my mind that something like this accidentally happens without Aaron's uh, involvement. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are again for round two. And now a very special guest joins us all here today. <clears throat> the evil MV. Michael, go ahead. See, a lot of people were confused when you called me the evil MV. MV. They thought you were re- referring to Michael Vera because I thought on Belgab he was supposed to be the evil MV. But there seems to be some level of discrepancy there. I'm not here to... I'm not here to henpeck anybody on details, I really have to say. Oh, I understand. But, of course, the one George Senda refers to you as the evil MV. Well, you know what? I retract everything I just said. You know what? It's okay to call me that. Now that I have that information. By the way, where's the chat room? How do I get to that? The chat room, yeah. We're actually on a secondary YouTube channel since the first one got pinged there. With a community guideline strike. That's a shame. It really is. It's a bit of a bummer. But nonetheless, there's another backup channel and plenty of people are there now and fully entertained by all of this. So how do I get to it though? Oh, I have to send you a link. Oh really? Yeah. I I mean, what's the domain name? I mean, don't you have like a pluggable domain name that you can just say? Not really. I think if you just type in Michael Deacon, you probably might find it. Well, you need a PR agent. You need someone to well, manage this stuff for you. Well, I don't disagree. Because <laughs> I have Googled Michael Deacon. I've gone to YouTube and typed Michael Deacon, and I am running out of options here. And nowhere, huh? No, I keep finding some. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Uh, I can't type. And speak at the same time. It's, I keep running into some, Michael Deacon is a British author and political <laughs> satirical journalist. He writes for the Daily Telegraph, including his parliamentary sketch. <laughs> yes. That's the guy I keep running into. Well, that's definitely not it, me. Okay. Well, I would like to see the chat room. We'll have, so maybe someone can PM me a link to it on Belgab or something. I don't know. Yeah, the link is actually on Belgab if you go there. Well, or I'll just send you the link through uh, Skype here. Yeah, that would be good too. Go ahead. 
do that. So, Michael, how's life been for you? Pretty is, good. Is life treating you okay? I can't really complain. Everything's been going very well. And, again, I do want to thank you very much for spending some of your time with myself and the lovely listeners out there. Well, my time is valuable, and uh, you should be thankful. So thanks for saying that to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I understand. It's, you, you are very busy, and I do get that since this is a bit of a busy time for a lot of individuals out there. And how on earth are you, Michael? That's the question. Are you ready for Christmas? I'd say, yeah, I'd say I'd give myself an 8.5 on ready, readiness for this year's Christmas season. And, uh, okay, there we are. I can see the chat. There you go. The video stream window. Okay, that's great. Isn't that convenient? So why do you rely only on Google, fool? What am I supposed to use? DuckDuckGo? I've tried DuckDuckGo. Let me guess. Someone's going to recommend DuckDuckGo to me now. Imagine that. I've tried DuckDuckGo. It did not go the way I thought. It did not go. DuckDuckGo would go. And for those out there that don't know... You are the owner of Belgab. It's an online forum that has created dreams and nightmares. <laughs> a play show hosts mostly avoid. Originally named George Nori Sox at one point. Yeah, and then it became CoastGab.com, and then Art Bell came back for his Dark Matter show in 2013, so it changed to Belgab. And that's how it stayed. And, you know, even... Now that Art's gone, and obviously he's not going to be making another triumphant return to radio. You mean he's not? Well, that's the rumor. That's that's uh, a rumor. People are talking. People are talking. Right. And uh, even though he's not coming back, I think it's fine just to leave it as Belgab. I mean, does a website's name really have to make sense? I don't think so. I don't really think so either. And, of course, you did catch the attention of one Art Bell and George Norrie which I find that to be pretty amusing in itself. Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they, each of them in their own respect found Belgab to be useful to themselves in some way at different points in time. And some of those points in time, the streams happen to have crossed. And I, I think one of my fondest memories of Belgab is Art and George going at it together at the same time in the same thread just back and forth that was like a uh that was like a moment that split the atom you know i really wish they could have done that on the air well it almost happened because uh you remember that time during the gabcast nori called in and it was when heather had just been i guess named producer or maybe she had been named art sidekick by that point i don't know but she really started to swagger with bold legs and uh just a pair of castanets at that point so nori calls in and she just decides to tell him what for and really let him have it and show everybody what a pair she's got clinking oh and, boy uh, I was embarrassed by that. I thought the man should have been allowed to speak. You know, I didn't feel like he had to be shouted down, but what do I know? And so, and I was drunk too. I you was were intoxicated. Drunk. So, well, I'm drinking perhaps, right now, by the way. Well, perhaps I wasn't necessarily in the mental frame to intervene and I just allowed it to go as it did. But, um, 
I don't remember what my point was here. I was going to make a point about that they almost they almost came to um, air out there. Uh, oh yeah, air. and while Nori was on during that broadcast, right. Art was in the chat room listening live and actually typing messages in the chat window. So I mean, he could have just picked up the phone. And it would have just been this moment of magic if only he had picked up that phone. Oh, Nobody. God. That would have been, that would have been great. yeah, that would have been radio gold there <laughs> if he would have had those two arguing back and forth. But, you know, after Art left Coast, I always felt like Art launched a lot of salvos at George Norrie while George Norrie was always polite, or at least as as much as he could be. And didn't really respond, and I think that annoyed people too. Like they wanted George to get nasty and dirty, but well, the thing is with with Nori, the nastiness and dirtiness comes behind the scenes. That's how he makes his moves. Well, he's definitely got a very passive-aggressive approach, like having Indeed. David John Oates on his show. Hey, by the okay. way, it's funny. Which I think that Heather's <laughs> going to have that guy on. No, she's yeah. not, actually. But she's I will. Not? No, okay. but I will tomorrow. Oh, that's you that's having him on. That's okay. right. I got, oh, yeah. uh, okay, I got a couple threads on Bell Gab conflated with one another, I guess, in my brain. Well, that's kind of cool. I interviewed him. Uh, I used to do this show with my buddy Tim years and years ago. We started podcasting in 2006. And we, uh, I think, uh, no, our first guest was this white supremacist named Jamie Kelso. <laughs> and uh, he was from Southern California. And he was just, but he wouldn't call himself a white supremacist. He only wanted to refer to himself as a white nationalist. Oh, Anytime okay. he veered off of that, he would jump in and correct you. But our second guest was David John Oates, and I think we talked to him for about two and a half hours. And um, he's like one of those guys you want to like and you want to believe, but you just feel like under the surface there's something that really bothers you about what that guy's all about. At least that's how I feel about him. Well, that's interesting that you say that because I recall (laughs) – Obviously, you interviewed Art Bell yourself, and listening to your interview with his son, with his son, really put some things together in my mind. After those interviews, what exactly was your perception of Art Bell? Was it altered to any degree? And if so, was it positive or negative? Um. Well, I think what actually, I think what shaped my perception of him more than just about anything was he, what, he, the conversation he and I had before we went on. And uh, he was just asking me about my kids and we had a little conversation about that. And um, just, you know, those types of things, just a couple of dad type of things that both of us could relate to and went on. But, it was just like when he was talking to me about that, it was kind of like he was testing the water because he really didn't know what he was getting into when he came on that night. He didn't know if he was going to be ambushed. Right. Well, of course not. He didn't Yeah. He didn't know what was going to happen. So I think in that conversation prior to going on the air, he was just sort of getting a feel for the temperature of things. And But it just kind of struck me there was a certain vulnerability in him that I hadn't really seen that directly ever before and that kind of struck me about him 
That was a very daunting interview, I must say. What was your opinion of it? I wasn't too pleased with it. I liked it to some extent, but of course, listening to him go on about his relationship with art, that's what really bothered me. Listening to who go on about their relationship with art? Uh, Listening to his son. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, are you... I thought you were talking about when Art himself was on. Oh, no, You're no. You're talking no. about the interview with Vincent. Cor- correct. With Vincent. That interview okay. is what I'm referring to. And listening to him talk about Art, th- that's what really got me a bit. I did definitely feel a bit of sorrow for him. I did feel kind of bad listening to that. It's kind of like the same feeling I got after I interviewed Karen Jackson. Just felt weird. You know, I haven't heard your Karen Jackson interview. And the reason why I haven't heard it was because, honestly, that all came about at a time when it was just, to me, information overflow. It was very fresh and new. And, my God, speaking of which, there's been so much information just from last night or just these past couple days in terms of Heather Wade and her very famous or infamous rather meltdowns that are so that are just, you know, they're out there. It's something that's been discussed multiple times, but we've never really actually heard one on the air (laughs) until more recently. Then we were starting to hear it more and more often with her. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of sad, but totally expected in my opinion. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm so beyond the point of having, having any emotional investment in it that I can't feel sadness over it. I just feel like it's going to, it's just, as the sun rises, so, so shall it set. And I have no control over that whatsoever. It's just something that's going to happen. And that's how I feel about her radio show and what it is that she's presenting of herself out there. Um, she's going to do it and there's nothing I can do about it or with it or for it. <laughs> so, uh, just let it happen and everybody can be entertained. Are you, are you not entertained? I know, right? It's been very entertaining to say the least. I just think it's, it's pretty sad that the way that she carries herself on the air is not of an actual adult woman of that age. Hmm. It's just interesting that, uh, I don't know, there was a real difference in her persona when she was on the Gabcast relative to her persona on this thing she's doing now. Um, I remember, uh, and I really mean this, one time she asked me, Michael, is there anything about my delivery or anything, the way I do things on the radio that I should change, I should do differently? Oh, boy. And all I said to her was, and this was back in the Gabcast days, and all I said to her was, well, sometimes when you laugh, you do this, like, snake hiss thing where you're kind of like, and I said, you really ought to stop doing that. But other than that, no, there's there's really nothing that jumps out at me about you that grates on me or otherwise – I find repulsive. And I really am being honest when I say there wasn't anything. And something happened. I don't know what it was between then and where she is today. And, like, I'll hear clips of her 
on Belgab because I don't listen to her show with any regularity at all. But I might catch an occasional clip that somebody posts on Belgab. That's and the best so way. To, a lot of yeah, these, that's the best way to do it, these, by the way. A lot of these clips will be weeks or months apart. So, like, I will catch the progressive change in her delivery and whatever vocal affectations she's decided to adopt. <laughs> right. I'll catch that because I haven't progressively heard them come on. I've just not listened for a really long time. And then, boom, here's another clip after weeks of not hearing her. And um, it really uh, – I don't know what happened because she had really, I think, a nice natural delivery – uh, before, I mean, well, she trans- talking about her delivery. She transformed into Art Bell in her mind. Well, that's that's obvious. Well, that's what not- she really wanted, you know. Art <laughs> wanted her to do the show this way, so God damn it, she will, Michael. Um, I've uh, you know, I've mentioned this elsewhere, but coming on and trying to do an impression of Art Bell. His vocal inflections, his mannerisms, his his tics, uh, just trying to approximate all of that in some sort of a sick audio form wax museum. I can't begin to tell you how repulsive I find that. It's pretty. And, it's pretty nauseating. Yeah. And you know what? That's my biggest complaint at all. I mean, if it weren't for that, I probably would just be saying, you know. She's just a girl. She's just a girl on the internet trying to do a radio show for the love of fuck. That's probably what my opinion would be. But that that faux Art Bell thing she's doing that just really repulses me in a way I can't quite put into words for you. Yeah, she's been very stale, very much the same since the first time you heard her with Art Bell, which of course she lied about her location at the time. We'll look past that, but the simple fact that she has kind of really tried so desperately to transform into Art Bell, even taking photographs of herself in what appear to be Art's uh, old pair of glasses, per se. I, I don't know if they really were, but... Oh, my. Were they really? Or I, were they hers? I don't know. It, if they, looked like- it looked exactly like Art's from from photographs of the 90s, and she kind of looked like him in, in a photograph, which was really... Really strange. Yeah, I saw that picture. I forget who it was. I thought it was the most hilarious comment out of all of them, which was, well, obviously she hasn't had a baby because if you look at her hips, those are just clearly not wide enough to be anything I would call birthing hips. So we can just go ahead and knock that rumor right out of the window. That's over with. Shut it down. Thank you. (laughs) That's the one comment about That picture, out of all the comments that were posted, that sticks with me. (laughs) And by the way, I do want to mention this to you, by the way, and to everyone out there. I I don't hate Heather to any personal degree. I actually actually like her. I, I think she's actually quite hysterical, and she's been providing all this sort of entertainment for everyone out there. Of course, I don't listen to her show. I only listen to... Uh, clips that people send or post on Belgab, and to me, I, I think it's been pretty damn hysterical. However, last night, or the previous night, rather, or was it last night, some of her programs she did 
well, she was about an hour late. She overslept. And the whole meltdown was just boiling over. It was just starting to boil through the, the night, and she went on this ridiculous tirade, and she started saying, God damn it, every other word. It, it was pretty hysterical, and I believe Damon was the one who set it off after his phone call to her. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that? No, but I just <laughs> find it kind of amusing that Damon is involved in this. Carry on. Damon Damon was the one, though. He was the one. (laughs) That fucking Damon. But she lost her fucking shit as soon as Damon uh, called her up and he kept calling her. And since since that that last phone call that he got in there, she went fucking ballistic and she even revealed that she was a stripper at one time. And now she's on Facebook (laughs) uh, posting photographs of herself from yesteryear. And it was, it kind of reminded me of like Al Bundy. She basically pulled an well, Al Bundy there. She's already revealed the stripper thing. She publicly revealed that years and years ago, um, on a Gab, I think it was a Gabcast test stream. I was on there. Uh, Curtis the Mud King was on there. Um, I think maybe B-Dub was there and, uh, Heather was there and she openly talked about having been a stripper. And, uh, so that wasn't news to me, but I never really went out of my way to spread that around, but it wasn't news to me. Well, she got that out there and she made many of her Facebook friends very, very happy. Christmas came early for them. Emphasis on came. like the, uh, 55 plus oh, male yeah. demo. Oh, they're very excited. Hmm. Real excited. Is commenting on the fact that he Heather has what he calls boy hips. Boy hips, I see him now. She has yeah. boy hips. Okay. I like how you have this arranged with the chat just scrolling across the video. I think it's, uh, I think it's great. It's pretty cool, right? You could actually read the comments and interact with them. And uh, someone, Johnny Canuck, he's saying Heather is apparently an opioid addict. And you know what? That wouldn't be the first time I hear of her drug abuse. Uh, I've heard that from multiple people. What do you know people. that's been publicly discussed, though? Nothing publicly. She says Heather apparently is. I would like to know what apparently makes it so. Well, actually, you know what? Going back to clips, I think she did reveal <laughs> that on her show that she is on some sort of, some sort of pill. Hmm. Not the pill, but a pill. Well, I think that's risky business. Well, that's a, that's someone I wouldn't want to take down myself. You know, I would rather have a world peace. And speaking of a world peace, I have a little clip here that I wanted to play you. It's a little bit of a surprise. And mm-hmm. let's hear how you take this. We are the world. How that make you feel? 
Well, it drove my OCD nuts because all I could think was whoever put that together should have gotten the actual karaoke version of We Are the World and put her on that. Well, I couldn't do that exactly. I would get, I'd get that flagged here. Mm, I'm going to have to give that a solid 5.9. You're not, you don't, you didn't like that on a scale of 12. Uh, so there is that. <laughs> well, she's not going to like that. No, I, it was, it was wonderful. And, uh, you know, I, subconsciously it felt to me as though something in my holiday season this year was lacking. And, uh, having heard that, I feel complete now. And, uh, I want to thank you for that. I am definitely touched by that music, by the way. It was very beautiful. That was a course provided was by. Was that Brig? It sure was. <clears throat> you know, I hope that we, she and I, uh, when I make that trip up there this summer, can duet that song together and really give it a proper go. I, yes, I think it'd be appropriate if both of you were singing that together at one time. We are the world. Hey, <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think so too. Brig is out there listening, by the way, and we definitely appreciate her very much. Merry Christmas she to I- Brig. She and I, we're going to have pizza, we're going to have beers, we're going to rent a Lamborghini uh, convertible. Are you going to smoke, go, are you going to smoke cigarettes with her? We'll just go, uh, beating around town, scoping out beef. I mean, it's going right. to be great. Amazing. And by the way, on a random note here, I was going to ask you about that movie, the one that's based on on um what's his name on the on the band queen rather oh bohemian rhapsody right that movie you know that movie is now the top grossing is it now music biopic of all time previously the record was held by straight out of compton at 162 million dollars and wow. this movie has already surpassed that that is amazing by 20 million. That's domestic sales. So it's a big ass movie. Yeah. But I don't understand why, why it is the case that a music biopic naturally just doesn't get that much audience. That doesn't make sense to me. I was surprised to find that out. That's a little fucky. That's true. But I'm surprised it, it beat out NWA's movie. You know, I enjoyed that movie straight out of Compton. I didn't think I would. My favorite part was where the guy dies of AIDS. Uh, that, that <laughs> really got me. Uh, what was his name? Was that Easy E? That was that was yeah, little little Easy E there. Yeah, was that a was a small guy. Uh, that was a touching scene. It really was. It, it's such a weird situation. They're saying that he contracted AIDS and basically died very suddenly. Hmm. Very well, fishy. You know. The guy probably never used a bag in his life, so. Probably not. Probably not. Although I do think that female to male transmission of HIV is considerably less likely than male. Minuscule. Yeah, it's so minuscule. So that's why I'm like, hmm. It's, it's weird because the woman that he was with and all the women that he was with that are, you know, known <laughs> of, none of them have ever came up positive for that. Huh. So that's he must, why. 
Yeah. Uh, been hanging out at the Liberace compound. <laughs> the Liberace compound, yeah. Um, tell, tell us about that, by the way. Why, it's got a why, nice pool. Why the, why the, uh, change of name to Liberace, by the way? Oh, I just love Liberace. I'm a big fan. Uh, I think he was one of the pioneers of, I know, it's not a matter of me thinking it, he was a pioneer of American broadcasting. He was the first man to look into the camera with those eyes. And uh, so I'm an enormous fan of Liberace. I own countless items of Liberace memorabilia. I travel to auctions throughout the country uh, three months a year searching out Liberace items to add to my little museum that I share with the neighborhood old ladies. But I only allow them in on Tuesdays because I need to have a life for myself, too. You That's know? right. You need a life. You definitely need a life. And I think it's just a great persona for someone on a forum. It's very non-threatening. It's got a celebratory feel to it. Um, it's light and airy. It's uh, it's positive. I mean, there's no way you were going to hang out with Liberace and have a bad time. Is there? No there really. way you're uh-huh. going to hang out at that guy's pad <laughs> and come out of there saying, good God. That's true. I- I'm just surprised that he turned out to be gay. I never suspected that. Well, I never suspected it either. I'm, I'm, I still don't believe it, in fact. Yes, I don't actually think he died of AIDS either. I think that's some <laughs> sort of, um, I think that's fake news. Well, I think the coroner who publicly disclosed that he had died of AIDS simply hated gay people and wanted to besmirch their character. I'm Michael Van Dieven. I think you're right. Uh, You won't get any arguments from me. And uh, by the way, Michael, did you ever imagine that your form would take off the way that it did in terms of popularity and in terms of getting the attention of Nori and Art Bell and a bunch of other people out there? Did you ever think that would happen? Mm, I don't know. I never really, I don't know. I never really gave that much thought in the early days. You know, it's just if I saw two or three people posting on there and having a conversation with one another, that was pretty cool to me, you know, two or three people. And uh, then you think, wow, what if there were 10 people on here posting at the same time, you know? And then it slowly just increases, and you get to the point where all of these little milestones that you would have felt were either impossible or you were impressed by, you start to kind of take them for granted and not really care too much. And uh, so, and for like, for me, it got to the point where I'd log in and see that Art Bell himself had just posted or was online reading posts. And I swear to, I swear, I swear on whatever it is you would want me to swear on. I got to the point where I was so jaded that even that didn't impress me anymore. I, I didn't care. Just, okay. All right. It's on posting. All right. I kind of understand that feeling of apathy and how that could come about. I've gone through that before with, with several, <laughs> with several things in life. So. I could definitely understand that sort of emotion. And to tag on to that, do you feel personally responsible for Heather Wade's inception? Her inception, like becoming a known quantity? Correct. To art? Yes. How do you feel about that, by the way? Personally. Well, I don't, I really don't feel about it. 
I don't feel positive or negative about it. I mean, from a personal standpoint, it doesn't affect me at all that she became known to art and things happened the way they happened. Correct, correct. And by the way, um, to tag on to that even further, during the whole commotion when they were looking for another host, your name was passed around quite a bit. Were you ever at all? At what phase was, when was that? I, well, going back to, I think there, there was rumors going around that they were looking for some sort of male host. Mm. And lo- lots of people <laughs> were throwing your name out there. Okay. And I've always wondered if perhaps a part of you did want to host the show if Art threw it out, threw it at you rather. Well, I would never say no, but I don't think it would be successful because I wouldn't want to do the same type of show Art does or did. I wouldn't want to talk about goblins and such. Who the fuck, who the fuck does though? You know, that's, that's like hack radio. Well, but that's apparently what these shows still do. Uh, I mean, I see sometimes in the Heather thread, uh, somebody will take the description for the upcoming broadcast and post it in the, in the thread there and I'll read that and I'll just think, Christ almighty, I can't imagine having to sit for a couple hours, three hours, whatever. Three and a half and interview that person on that subject. I, I, I would just gouge my eyes out with a spoon with some of that stuff I see that they're, and it's just all the same crap that in the nineties may have been interesting because we had limited access to information, but that today, I mean, you get some guest on there claiming he dug up Bigfoot and in his backyard or buried Bigfoot. And the next thing you know, you know his social security number. You have his driver's license number. You have his last 10 addresses. You have every photo that's ever been taken of him for the last five years. I mean, the amount of information that's at your fingertips to disprove things that people say on these shows, it's voluminous. And so the there's just no way those shows can be interesting anymore. And yet all of these shows, these podcasts I hear, they continue going down that road. And I just, I couldn't sit and do that. I think I would be, I would be chased out of town pretty quickly <laughs> if, I, if I had sat down to do art right. show with my uh, persona on the air and the type of show that I would want to do, all of that put together. You would have had a pretty pissed off audience, I think. Understood, and I, I'm with you on that one. There's certain subjects that I myself can't really get too far into without just getting very angry and not wanting to discuss it any further. So I'm with you on that. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why she got selected by Art, though. I, I don't know what it was all about. And... um I don't understand why she had to move out to Art's property. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's no reason anybody would need to be in physical proximity with or to uh, someone else in the course of being a producer well, that's, or that's what's, even hosting a show. That's what throws me off the most, the simple fact that she's still on the property. Um, It, it kind of makes you wonder why she's still there. She should just move away. Because she's stuck for life in night, unless a, her broom can fly. That was a great song, by the way. You did a bang-up job. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to do some more of those because it's a lot of fun. They were good, man. And I, I, you know, it requires good time management. Though I sang along. Well, I think I was rather internationally revered for uh, both in Nye and uh, Midnight in the Cut Shed. <laughs> Although, don't treat Keith this way. I think is my best work, but it seems it's the one that people are least impressed by, and I don't know why. Well, you know, it's a good track, but it's um, I think it's a little bit outshined by the others. That's probably why. Well, yeah, but I mean, see, you're not really telling me why, though. Why is it outshined? It's the other, the uh, the other material that you've made. It just kind of outdoes everything else because it's so good. It's too overpowering. Well, That's I'll why. go to my grave feeling as though don't treat Keith this way. That was my best work. Well, not not exactly a bad tune. It was it was catchy, but it wasn't as snappy as the other songs. Well, think, that's just how I'm going to go to my grave feeling. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Understood. And by the way, I, <laughs> I do have another clip for you, by the way. Okay, well, let's keep them coming. All right. That's fine. Let's play this one. If I were Aaron, I would, you know, I obviously would be careful about legalities, but, you know, I would hire that biker gang to come out and beat the shit out. You know, that that would just be the thing that... <laughs> You know, a, a vengeful Filipina mother would do. And so I, I can always hope in the back of my mind that something like this accidentally happens without Aaron's uh, involvement. How do you feel about that? That, of course, was Sean, a prominent figure in terms of harassing Heather. Um, he's the one who actually made a phone call out there to um, believe it was the county sheriff's went out there and checked up on her due to a phone call he made. And that was a clip of him on a more recent show discussing what he wants to happen to one Heather Wade. Well, he's either, it sounds like he may, hold on. <coughs> I'm a little bit sick. I'm a little bit under the weather. You'll have to. All good. Me. All um, good. Hold on one more time. <coughs> It's that, that time of the year. I, I I think he is either in violation of or on the edge of being in violation of two laws, incitement of violence on the one hand, and uh, what was the other thing that he did? I lost my train of thought when I almost lost a kidney just now. <laughs> um, he, he, he Incitement of violence um, and filing a false police report. Uh to my knowledge, those two things are illegal, and um, that doesn't sound too good. Let's hear that clip one more time to drive it home. If I were Aaron, I would, you know, I obviously would be careful about legalities, but, you know, I would hire that biker gang to come out and beat the shit out. You know, that that would just be the thing that, you know, a, a vengeful Filipina mother would do. Amazing stuff, really. He <clears throat> wants a biker It's funny game. how he says he would be careful about the legalities <laughs> yes. in hiring some biker gang to beat the shit out of another human being. But once the legalities are dotted and T's crossed, um, it's all 
you know, full steam ahead. What a it's, fucking he, crazy person. He's just being, he's just being rational and looking more than five minutes into the future. If you're gonna hire a biker gang with co- cocaine in the gas tanks of their motorcycles to come beat the shit out of somebody, you want to make sure that you do it legally. Well, that would actually so, be meth, especially if it's out there in Pahrump. That's meth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I would imagine there's more money to be made doing coke since there's less of it. Well, it's more expensive. You're probably right. But yeah, meth is actually much more popular in that area and that in that uh, out in the desert. Hmm. I would know since I'm out here too. Meth is uh, pretty rampant out here. (laughs) I was hoping you would say I would know because I'm on meth right now. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that would be a great, <laughs> uh, great way to end Lock it. But, segment. Oh yeah, that'd be a great way to end things here. But uh, <laughs> no, that's not the way it works. But my goodness. By the way, Michael. Usually on the second half of the program, I definitely go into some news and all that sort of jargon. And okay. you know, I have some news here, and it's really bad stuff. Let's hear the headlines. Oh, yeah, there's some bad stuff. There's some really bad stuff. A 21-year-old man is accused of raping an 11-year-old girl he met online on a dating app. I believe he met her on Tinder, and that's a very popular dating app for those that don't know. I'm sure all of you know that's that are listening to this. You know what Tinder is. And it's interesting because this uh, girl is only 11 years old. Only She's 11. 11 years old using Tinder. That's... 11 years old, and this guy's 21 years old. My mind immediately goes, where the hell were her parents? You know, maybe they could start using some of this facial recognition technology and phones to determine the age of the user of the phone in the course of allowing the user to use certain apps. That might not be a bad idea. It definitely wouldn't be a bad idea, and... Of course, this is. There's got to be some science there where you can do that. Oh yeah, there, there there has to be something, and of course, Tinder, very popular dating service that we have talked about, and of course, I expected expected this to happen, eventually, very much like a Christian Mingle, minus the <laughs> underage girls. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a Christian Mingle, but at one time there was a guy. He was going is out that there. the same as is that the <laughs> same as Grinder? Because I am familiar with that. A Grinder? No, that's more for the Liberace, um, mm. you know, marauders mm. out there, which is okay. There's nothing wrong okay. with, with the homos out there. We do love them very much. Love well, the see, I wouldn't know about that because I'm not gay. In fact, very straight male. Profoundly into women and their butts and their boobs, and I like to touch them and stuff. But uh, I am aware of gay people. I'm glad you are. It's good to have that sort of a self-awareness. I'm Liberace. You're Liberace. That's true. And by the way, you've got kids, and I know the Internet has been something truly unique for you and me and for everyone out there. It's very special to everyone's life. Um, Will you restrict your kids' Internet usage, Michael? Will you have these sort of discussions with them Uh in terms of what we're talking about now and dating apps and how there are men who are just, you know, they go and prey on children online. Well, I think what I'm going to do in my home in order to make sure that my children aren't exposed to anything they shouldn't be right, 
is just to have the electricity shut off in my home. I think that is going to really sort of nip it in the bud. We might have a couple of little solar chargers lying around just so that I can occasionally charge my Motorola flip phone, which, by the way, is gray. Very nice. But other than that, I think shutting the electricity off, uh, that is the way forward. And uh, a date has been chosen. We'll just put it that way. I don't know what you can do. I mean, you can, what are you going to, you can restrict stuff in your house. Okay. So your friend, your, your kid goes to school and they get together with a friend who has a phone that can do whatever you want to do on it. Yeah. They're going to find out in some way. I don't know. I think, uh, what we need to do is we need to invite the Kim family of North Korea to come run the United (laughs) States for a few years and just clean everything up. My goodness, and of course, I'm seeing the chat room now, and I see the name Bart L. What exactly is your opinion on Bart and El Gab and how that went down? Well, I mean, it's it's a natural thing. I mean, people who are users on forums start other forums all the time, and particularly given the cir- circumstances with which it started, I mean, Belgab was shut down, so it seems only natural that something was going to come in and try to take its place. Right. So, you know, I'm not surprised by that and not shocked by it, and I don't have any resentment about it either. Um, it is as far as Bardell, as far as Bardell, he seems not to like me very much. I don't really know why, but I don't have any problem with him. Understood. Lots of people have problems with me, and I don't know why they do, but they do, and that's totally fine, so I get that too. I don't know. I have a, I mean, like running a message board, a lot of people just hate you for something really subtle about how you run the place or some decision you made, and you don't even know they feel that way, Yeah, but but they do. Yeah, that's one thing I I always want to tell people out there because they don't really know me that well. The fact that if I trash someone, it doesn't mean I actually hate them. It's nothing personal. I I could still like a person and trash the shit out of them. That's okay. As long as there's humor in it. That's how I feel personally, and I think that rubs people the wrong way. And has given a lot of people in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows that sort of perception of me. People in, at Premier Radio have discussed uh, myself plenty of times. I've I've been told by numerous people that my name has been dropped plenty of times. But there are people behind the scenes that don't want me there at all. And this is something that gets brought up all the time. And I always say, well, they'll, they'll, they're, um, it'll happen as long as a few <laughs> people in control over there drop dead. And then perhaps you'll see me one day out there. Maybe. Well, you know, I was talking to Tom Danheiser about you one day and he told me if he ever gets within 10 feet of you, he's going to scoop out your eyeballs and have sex with your skull. And I said, I don't think that's a very nice thing to say. And have a good day, sir. Well, that turned so, me on. I don't think you're going to be getting hired over there. Probably not. But that that was very, um, very sexual and um, very dirty. Well, that's what he said he would do. 
I don't know how that bodes for your employment prospects over there. I don't know either. That's uh, one guy that would definitely need to drop dead before any of these things happen. <laughs> well, I just made that up totally, Aiden. I've never spoken to Tom Dan either. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't, but others that I do know actually have. And he hasn't really had too many kind things to say about me behind the scenes. Hmm. Yeah, he hates me, by the way. Why? Well, there's a few things. I mean, just give me one. Well, first of all, he thinks I'm just a troll. He thinks I was an asshole to uh, George Senda. But then again, he doesn't understand the full story. And once I told him, you know, I think he sort of understood. But there's other issues he has with me. And that's fine. Why would Tom Danheiser care if you're an asshole to George Senda? I would think Tom Danheiser himself has no use for George Senda. I have no clue. Seen the pictures? Tom Danheiser... He, he, you can tell he looks like he's in the presence of the plague. He even told me himself he, next to George. he, in his words, he even told me himself when I saw him that he thought I was an asshole. And I looked at him and laughed and I said, what makes you think that? Hmm. And that's when he uh, went on with the whole troll thing. And I thought, oh God, you know, you're, you're in the business, the radio business, which is the entertainment business. And that's basically how I see myself as an entertainer. So, you know, very unusual that he would say that, especially since he's friends with, uh, he's good friends with, with, with what's his name? Tom Likas. Never was a listener of that guy. In fact, the only exposure I ever had to Tom Likas was listening to Phil Hendry do his come over boy bit where he do an impersonation of Tom Likas. (laughs) Yes, uh, it was good. <laughs> Tom's always, always get down to I am secretly trying to hide the fact <laughs> that I want to have sex with my mother. <laughs> yes. Definitely, the bit would always come down to him wanting to have have sex with his own mother, or and with himself in some undig- undignified fashion. That was a good radio though. Uh, Phil Henry was, was the so best funny. thing that ever happened to radio. But Phil Henry, that's another level of genius there too. All the voices that man could produce is simply <laughs> on another level. The only man I think that's more talented than him, uh, to some degree is Sour Shoes. His impersonations are amazing. Never heard of that person. You never is heard of Sour Shoes. You never heard of Sour Shoes from the Howard Stern show. No, I never was a Howard Stern listener. Really? That, that is surprising. I, I thought you liked Stern. Well, I do like, Stern, I think he's actually one of the best interviewers that's ever lived, but I just, A, never lived anywhere where his show was on in any regular fashion other than when I lived in St. Louis for a while, and uh, B, when I finally ended up with something where I did have the option of listening to him, by then I was already kind of an Opie and Anthony fan, and I felt like... uh, I got what I needed from that show, you know. Did well, you ever listen to Opie and Anthony? Well, of course. Of course. Been listening to that show for a long time. At one time, Anthony Cumia <coughs> was following me on Twitter before he went on and did more of his racist tyrants on Twitter. Hmm. Yeah, his uh Anthony's, I don't know if I'd call him a racist, but he's 
Well, that's definitely what, that's what a not, Twitter that's what they that's what Twitter labeled his uh, tweets as that they were a racist, so they got rid of him there. Well, you know, a lot of people never bothered to apply any context to what it was that Anthony Cumia said on Twitter that got him fired from Sirius XM. And they completely overlooked the fact that the black woman that he had the scuffle with that he took a picture of and posted uh, on Twitter, that woman, according to him, made numerous racial comments to him. About being a white boy. And also the same with the two or three black guys that came up and started hassling him, you know, the uh hero, knight in shining armor syndrome. Okay, we're gonna come up, help this lady out, smack this guy around. Yeah. And uh so, you know, there's a lot of context removed from the whole situation. I mean, he tweeted what he tweeted minutes after this all happened. And um, you've got to also take into account that if there was a racial element to the things that he tweeted, that racial element had already been injected into the situation um, in a remarkable fashion. They just wanted to get rid of him, my They just wanted to get rid of him, my in my opinion. Uh, it's hard to believe because he was. He was extremely talented, but at the same time, I haven't really been that. Well, no doubt, no doubt that he's extremely talented. It's just the fact that Sirius XM, I think they really wanted to go a a different direction per se. And unlistenable. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. They wanted to go in. I think so because they're, they're losing money. They're not exactly making much money out there. Well. If what they wound up with was the Opie and Jimmy show. Jim and Sam show, which is fucking awful. Stinks. Well, before that, it was Opie and Jimmy, uh, Opie Hughes and Jim Norton. And they did a show together without Anthony for, I think, about a year and a half, maybe yeah. a little longer. And about that a year fell and apart. And, uh, Jimmy Norton and Opie, they both hated one another every step of the way. They had already hated one another for years. Right. And they just stayed there because I guess they were afraid they wouldn't be able to make their mortgage payments or something. I don't know. We're talking about Jim Norton, by the way. <laughs> Jim Norton, yeah. who turned out to be a bit of a tranny lover. Uh, both guys actually had their runs with transsexuals, <laughs> more so Jim Norton, who's more open about it. Anthony Cumia had some sort of relationship, allegedly, According to his ex-girlfriend with a transsexual by the name of Sue Lightning. Look that up. Um, I did see some references to, uh, Anthony Cumia engaging in some sort of activity with a transsexual. Right. Uh, a year or two ago. And I even saw pictures of this transsexual. <laughs> you saw that. And, you saw uh, Sue Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. And, uh, so I'm assuming that's the same case you're talking about. Right, right. Good Lord. Yeah, uh, the uh, J- Johnny Canuck out there saying, yeah, not much of a Jimmy Norton fan at all. And I agree with you. The Jim Norton fan that we have today is just fucking awful. I liked him better when he was a fat, angry alcoholic, and now he's just a dry drunk like Opie uh, described him as being. I agree with Opie. 
I thought that the three of them together, I thought it was one magic. of the best things that ever happened on the radio. It was magic, them three together, but now it's, fuck, yeah. it stinks. It's, and a lot of people give Opie a lot of crap and say that he wasn't funny and he didn't bring anything to the show, but I disagree with that entirely. I think that the mixture of those three personalities on the radio and gold. what they did every day, it was amazing. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, what, what each of them mm-hmm. have done in their own respects Solo, I haven't been impressed with anything either of them has done outside the auspices of Opie and Anthony. Yeah, Jim, Jim Norton has made good money with his gimmick chip. That's, um, generated a lot of money there for him, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not really much of a, a chip chipperson fan at all. I always thought it was funny, but one of the things about the chip chipperson bit was that. Well, in terms of a podcast, in short bits well, of him yeah. doing it on air, I thought it was hilarious, but a whole, a whole show of it, I think that's a little I saw too much. That. I haven't actually listened to it. I did download one episode of it and I didn't actually finish it. I don't know why. It wasn't because I didn't want to. I just didn't get around to it because I've got so much crap to listen to. But, um, I'll have to check that out because I don't know what a whole podcast of Chip Chipperson would be like. It's, it's too much. It's too much. I think <laughs> Is it, 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 yeah, I think it's, it's a little outdrawn, but there's some good little bits here and there and Johnny Canuck once again, but Jim and Sam is very good show with pretty good guests. So guess we kind of have a little difference of opinion there. MD. Um, well, Jim and Sam fucking suck. So. Yeah, they might get good guests. I agree with you, but they still fucking suck. Jim Norton is awful and Sam, Sam's a piece of shit and he looks awful. I, I have you seen Sam, by the way? Many times. Have you seen how he looks now with, with the beard? Uh, no, but. Oh my God. You know, I'm not so sure. I, I've heard their show a couple of times. I wouldn't say that it sucks. At least, this is all just opinion. I mean, everything's relative or, or subjective. But, I mean, I wouldn't say it sucks, but it's just that anything I see any of these guys do who used to be associated with Opie and Anthony, the show Opie and Anthony, I just can't help but compare what they're doing to that, and it always falls short. That's why I, I say, yeah, that's why I say it sucks because I'm, I keep comparing it back to those years. Someone says, okay, Vera next. Come on, boys. Oh, well, we could get but, into that uh, right now as well because that was another topic of conversation I did want to get into with you quickly here before we wrap everything up. Um, Michael Vera, you were supposed to be on his program. Uh, today, by the way, and what exactly happened for those that don't know? He was going to be on my program. On your program, right. Uh, let's uh, make sure we have that adjustment. Yes, sorry correctly. about that, yes. Your show, The Gabcast, what exactly happened? Take it away. I don't know. He said he had a family thing to deal with that had happened out of town, and he said he hated to do that to me, but he had to reschedule it, and I said, that's okay, no problem. He was very polite and nice about it, and I don't have any reason to b- disbelieve him because um, I think when he comes on with me, we'll probably wind up having a very friendly conversation and whatever misunderstandings may have occurred in the past will probably be cleared up, any hard feelings patched up. And I think that uh if anyone's expecting some sort of knockdown drag out, you know, let me tell you why you're a pile of human debris. Now, you just sit down for a moment while I give you the bullet points. Section A, 
part one. <laughs> you are, you know, any, that's probably not going to happen. So. Right. I think some people will be disappointed for those that wanted uh, you two to sort of roast each other. That That's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. No, I don't think so. I mean, I will ask questions, of course. You know, what was it that happened? Because, like, this summer when he started releasing information about me, um, I was just minding my own business. Like, I was on my – I had just gotten to the park one day over the summer to watch my kids play in the jungle gym and someone messaged me and was like hey did you see all this crap vera's putting out there about you and i'm just like minding my own business and all of this explosion of activity is taking place behind the scenes and i couldn't make heads or tails of why that was happening or what exactly the motivation behind any of it was i had no idea and i'm still not even clear on why that happened I mean, all I knew was that it did happen. And so, yeah, I'll have questions about that and hopefully I can get some answers to those. But, um, you know, it, hopefully it's not because, you know, well, someone brought my kids into things and that's where I draw the line because, I mean, this guy went out there and released information about where I work every day. And my children are at my place of work with me every day. So if we're talking about endangering children, you know, that's a conversation. Sure, I'm willing to have that conversation because I haven't endangered any children here. Right. And also he posted a photograph of you that he found on some website, I believe. What website? Well, I believe when they interviewed you. Remember that? Oh, KFVS, right. the local TV station. Yes, you yeah, and the, they come to my office and uh-huh. they interview me pretty frequently. You and your very famous Moroccan uh, sweater there—that's <laughs> that everybody wants uh, a replica of, which I think you should probably sell on Belgab. The Evo MV Moroccan uh, sweater, special edition, volume one. I wonder if it would be of any value, like if I were to sell the actual Moroccan coat that was worn in that video, would there be any monetary value? <laughs> I think to so. That? Do I do I draw that kind of water? I think so, man. It might be possible. You never know, unless you try. Pornhub vividly. <laughs> you're gonna be like a so, you're gonna be like a Randy Couture. You're gonna be jerking off on video and get caught. Is that the guy who was like a live stream gamer on YouTube and <laughs> no. he didn't realize he was live streaming? <laughs> no, actually, Randy Couture is a MMA legend for the UFC where he basically created his entire career. He is a MMA legend, and I believe his jerking off video, a very recent one, might have been uploaded on one of these sort of websites, Pornhub or... One of these things, but he was definitely caught up and apparently he was, he was jerking off. I think it might have been on Skype for a a younger woman who I, I'm suspecting is probably a bartender, someone young. If he's jerking off on video for her and he simply fucked up and trusted the wrong people. And that's something I always tell uh, all the men and women out there. And especially if you have this high position, you definitely don't want to tape yourself jerking your cock off or fingering your little vagina. You definitely don't want to do that and get caught up in that sort of game. 
Cause it's just not going to work out in the end for you. And what if you live stream it on YouTube? Well, and make the link private. How's that? Well, you know, that's a whole nother thing. I'm not exactly sure how private it will be because nothing is private on the internet, on the internet, unfortunately. Well, I was thinking if I just, uh, start making my links private instead of doing the, my asshole. <laughs> gaping streams live for everybody to see. Just do them live with a private link. You think that would be okay? You, you, well, I think so, but you might have to upload that on, on another website that's more friendly towards that sort of thing. Uh, YouTube, they seem to be more friendly towards, you know, 11 year old kids dancing around naked. That sort of thing. They do have interesting standards on YouTube, don't they? They really do. I've seen some really questionable material, some thumbnails that I thought, okay, if I click this video, a fucking white van is going to show up outside my home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, there's some. I mean, there are shit. actually videos on YouTube of men, totally nude men, having gay sex with one another. And in order to watch those videos on YouTube, all you have to do is click a little button that says, "Oh yeah, I'm 18. Go ahead, proceed. Thanks, thanks, guy." And then it takes you on to the video where you can see adult men having wantonly having sex with one another. Good Lord. Uh, with abandon. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, well, I'd like to know what these community standards are that Seriously. YouTube seems to have. And the same applies to Twitter. There's porn. And I'm not saying I'm against porn. <clears throat> I'm just saying that if you're going to have something that is so universally agreed to require restriction as porn on your website, then I don't really think there's any other sort of content that you should feel compelled to restrict people from seeing on your website. Oh, well, that happens. I get demonetized and videos taken down. But it's okay to have, you know, underage kids dancing around and, you know, men throwing money at them on YouTube. Totally fine. Is this, uh, are these videos primarily filmed in the Arab world? No, I don't believe so. There was, uh, this one kid, I believe, um, I'm forgetting his name. I was going to ask you about him too, which is kind of funny that we're talking about this now, but there's this kid, an 11 year old, uh, drag queen. Yeah, 11-year-old drag queen dances for dollar bills in gay bar. Desmond is amazing. That's the name of the YouTube channel. Yes, a pre-adolescent boy dressed in drag to imitate singer Gwen Stefani pranced around the stage at Brooklyn's $3 bill, an LGBT bar described as queen, or queen, queer owned and operated. Mm. What do you got to say about that, Michael? Well, I think that uh, people who are introducing their children to sexual identity and um, just concepts related to and revolving around sexuality, I think those parents are making a stupid mistake. And to go further, I think parents who are accepting what their children say and deciding, my child is a transgendered child. And then they go to the doctor and they get hormone replacement therapy for their kids and all of this stuff. I think those people ought to have their children taken away from them forthwith. I think that uh, 
they are child abusers and I, I don't care how society changes. I don't care what the norms become as far as what it is we're supposed to accept and be tolerant of. I'm never going to accept the idea that an 11 year old child should be getting some sort of hormone replacement therapy because they made some comment in passing that convinced their already uh, insane parent that they are now transgendered and in fact need to be on some sort of hormone replacement therapy. And I'll bet you that a lot of these parents whose children end up going or being shoved down this road, a lot of these instances are the parents themselves saying things to the children to convince the children that they are in fact whatever it is that these parents are so proudly announcing to the world their children are. My child is transgendered. Is there a magazine cover I can get on anywhere? Is is there an episode of Maury I could have myself invited to? Is Sally Jesse still on TV? If she is, could we get that taken care of? What about uh, Ricky Lake? No, she's gone too? Oh, shucks. Well, get me on something. My child is transgendered. Aren't I accepting? Aren't I advanced? Aren't I an evolved person? I have a transgendered child, and I am so supportive. It's like uh, these people are trying to make commentary about themselves rather than do anything even remotely good for their own kids. So I would well, say those parents ought to be locked up. They're definitely trying to live through their, their child, that's for sure. It's really like Sodom and Gomorrah. And I have nothing against the homosexuals out there, the, the gay men, the gay women, the trannies out there. I've been friends and still am friends with a few gay men and a few lesbians out there, and only one trans person that I know of, and I don't know them personally, but they do listen to this program, and I have nothing against any of them. However, uh, this is a child that we're talking about here, and their brain hasn't even developed. So who exactly knows what's going to happen to them once they get older and uh, realize some of these things? Are, are they going to still feel the same? Who really knows? I don't think the average gay person believes you ought to be pumping hormone-altering drugs into an 11-year-old. I really just can't believe the average gay person believes that. I think that's a it's a small subset of a militant ideology that wants to exercise vastly disproportionate power over the population. I mean, we're talking about like half of a percent of the population and look at the power that it wields. I mean, I just saw an article a couple of days ago that there's some school in the UK that's going to teach children that little boys can have menstrual cycles as well. Oh (laughs) my God. I mean, we are, and these are people who, if you questioned man-made climate change in any way would jump down your throat in five seconds to tell you that you don't believe in science that you're some sort of Luddite who doesn't respect the scientific method, doesn't respect a consensus of scientific opinion, they'd be down your throat in two seconds. But these same people want to teach children that, oh, if you're a man, yeah, you can bleed from your vagina too. In fact, I'll see you in the tampon section at Walmart (laughs) tonight. I'll help you choose your box. I'll even uh, usher you up to the register so that you'll have a support system as you're paying for your first box of Tampax. Where are you going to insert that, by the way? Maybe you should just go with a pad and, uh, instead. I don't know if something requiring insertion is necessarily the developmental stage you're at yet. You need to give this some time and ease into this thing, you know? 
I, I guess ease in, that's, you know, that has a different <laughs> meaning there. <laughs> and I could see this leading down a very dark road full of alcohol and drugs like Michael Elig, who I've interviewed before. And I know he's a murderer, but all he did was kill his drug dealer. I mean, who What's has his a, name? A Michael Elig? A-L-E-G? A-L-I-G, yeah, Elig. Um, that's, that's, um, the movie based on his life, it's called Party Monster, which Macaulay Culkin actually played him in the movie. So what did this guy do? He killed, <laughs> well, he was one of these, uh, quote unquote club kids. He's the one who kind of started the whole movement, the whole sort of drag queen type of movement out there in New York. He got it big. He was the main guy at one time. When? This might have been late 80s, mid 80s, early 90s. Well, see, that's interesting because I would have expected there was already a rather thriving drag queen scene in New York going into the 50s or 60s, maybe even earlier. Well, this one, this gentleman here is one that has influenced many people. Many of the gays and lesbians out there, they, they know that guy very well. And... Again, this is very unusual, this whole sort of, I guess, transsexual thing going on, especially when, you know, you get older, and I'm going to bring up a Bruce Jenner here. Uh, that's, that's, that's a strange thing. I could understand someone that's, you know, young and they get, you know, later on in life, they, you know, they, they come to that sort of, of self-awareness that they are maybe homosexual. But then there's people like Bruce Jenner who go on later on in life and they go through the whole trans sort of, they, you know, they sort of go through that lightly. I don't think he got, you know, his genitals removed, but he did get breast implants. So, I mean, he's kind of on his way, but so late, so late in life. That's, that's an issue I've got. And, can you imagine that being your father, Michael? <laughs> Can you imagine well, that? Well, he started taking hormones, uh, hormone replacement therapy in the early 80s, actually. So he's been into some weird stuff for a really long time. And I can remember right. seeing Bruce Jenner when I was a kid on, and I'm 39 now, so that gives you some indication as to what we're talking maybe 30 years ago. I can remember seeing him on infomercials late at night hawking this or that and just thinking, my God, what a weird-looking man. That's a strange-looking man. Ah, and makes there was sense just something now. about him. Right. But I couldn't really peg what it was. And maybe it was his haircut because, as Opie and Anthony used to always point out, he looked like he'd been in a house fire. <laughs> <laughs> his hairdo always just looked off-putting in well, some way, like he had just been seared somehow. <laughs> well, well, maybe he wants you to peg him. Mm, well, you know, uh, I've, uh, recently expressed curiosity about pegging, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm looking for the correct person to explain it to me. Understood. I don't blame you for that one bit. And of course, I, I did want to mention that I did get an, uh, email from Michael Vera, by the way. I thought I'd read it out loud to you and to everyone else. Be a good way to end the Let's show. Let's have it. 
Yeah, okay. Well, this comes from Michael Vera, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. He writes in, Michael, I will no longer run your show on the L&M radio network. I cannot work with people I cannot trust. I'm sure okay, you know. Okay, we'll stop right there. Okay, let's stop right there and we'll examine this. Michael, to I your will. your knowledge, your show was not being run on his network, right? Indeed, it was never exactly replayed on his network. And number two, I cannot work with people I cannot trust. And ironically enough, the first time I even came into contact with Michael Vera, he was actually hidden behind some sort of weird sort of Skype conversation where I wasn't able to see him and Heather Wade. It was just me talking to Neely, one of the people that run the whole thing there. And I had this conversation with this gentleman here. Unbeknownst to me, Heather Wade and Michael Vera were both listening in on that conversation. They never apologized to me at all for that. Not that I'm angry or upset that they did that. It's just the simple fact that they didn't exactly apologize for doing that sort of liberal left move that they did. It was some sort of Hillary Clinton tactic that they'd use there. However, I again, I didn't have a problem with them doing that because I did get a chance to trash Heather and another individual there. And anytime I trash someone, I don't have any problems with trashing them to their face because I think it's hilarious. So, so I, I prefer to do it behind their back, hiding behind a keyboard, but that's just me. Right. That's okay though. Everyone has a different style. I was able to kill two birds with one stone, however. And for that, I think it was, it was fucking gold. I loved it. And I'm not even angry at him whatsoever. I just think Michael Vera is someone who's just not exactly in tune with what's going on, even with his own network. I mean, the guy didn't even know if my show was even being rerun over there, which it wasn't. So I think that's pretty damn funny. And how long did, how long had your show not been running over there by the time he sent this email saying he was not going to run your show anymore? I think since day one, dude. My show was you never. Think your show had never aired on his stream? No. <laughs> really? That's yeah. So again, I'm not upset at them. I already knew who they were and, you know, they promised all these things about promoting the show, do this, do that. And didn't entire- you say that, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't you say that Heather, Put you on some sort of like double secret probation. Correct. That's another thing. Like that... she had the power over <laughs> yeah. there to put another broadcaster on some kind of like right. junior high school hall monitor probation. That is absolutely correct. And that's one thing I thought was really that had me perturbed. Really. I didn't understand. That's, what, that's one of the, that's one of the perks of being Art Bell's protege. You get to put other broadcasters on probation. <laughs> I seriously, when, um, Michael, Michael Vera's right there and he goes, and he goes, uh, so Heather, what, what do you think? And, you know, Heather's like, well, you know, I, I say put them on, but on a, uh, I think she said a, what word did she say? On some sort of restriction or some sort of probate, yeah, some sort of probation period, she said. What was the, uh, what, what do you think would have been the determining factors as to whether you had broken this probation period or not? No fucking clue. I mean, I didn't say anything to them. You provided with a series of rules, provisos, guidances. I think they just didn't want me to bash anyone, but I, I said, look, uh, why, why would I, I even set this when I was behind, when, you know, when, 
Heather and Vera were both on the line. I said, you know, why, why do you think I, you know, have, have any sort of, um, this isn't really personal to me, you know? I, I did this as a, as a favor for the Mad Martian. Someone you have a personal, well, I don't think you have a personal issue with him, but he seems to have a personal issue with, with everyone, really. <laughs> that, he doesn't like me because. He doesn't like you, yeah. He doesn't like me because when Art Bell was on the Gabcast that last time and the Mad Martian called in to iron out some grievance he had with Art Bell, he's mad that the whole show wasn't put on hold and he was given the floor to take Art Bell to task and finally make it right. Like, he's too imperceptive to see that that would have been such a wasted opportunity. Yeah, let's let's just put the brakes on for this one opportunity to interview Art Bell so that this loud guy who sounds like Frank Rizzo <laughs> can grill Art about some, you know, Art did a thing. That's what the whole thing came down to. Art did a thing. And I don't know. I still don't know what it was. You know, I, I even told him, I said, I don't even understand why you have this issue with him. But hopefully now I think it's it's pretty much water under the under the bridge i don't think he really gives a shit uh, anymore about any of it which is probably the right approach but uh carrying on here again but i he was did say he was going to pay five hundred dollars to be on the gabcast that's true he and did he say never that followed through on that he did not follow through so right you know, he's not really of his word i would say at this point no i i i guess not i guess not. <laughs> i don't know if that's ever going to come to fruition but that's just where we are and that's a shame. Right. And originally I was just doing a favor for him because he asked if I would be on the network and he explained why. And I thought, you know, I'm a good friend. I'm loyal to, loyal to, um, loyal to those that, you know, I think are pretty cool, decent people. And I think Gary's a pretty decent guy. I, I think you just have to get to know him. I think you guys started off on the wrong foot. <laughs> You know how that goes. He, he's not so bad. He's not a bad guy. I think, you know, things kind of start off on the wrong foot, and, and that happens sometimes in life. But, again, everything is water under the bridge. Everyone's cool with everyone. I just want you to know that, Michael. Well, I wasn't sleeping recently, but now that you've told me that the Mad Martian is not holding a grudge against me. I'm glad. I might be able to get some shut eye. You might be able to sleep, yes. <laughs> yeah. You, you I might... don't have any. I mean, I, he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll be way. able to You'll be able to sleep with the nightlight off now. <laughs> I'll be able to sleep securely with my window open. Right. Both eyes, sh- both eyes shut day. this time, not just one. But, yes, uh, again, I have no issues with, with Michael Vera or anyone really for that matter. I, I, I don't give a fuck. I just like having fun and joking around and trashing people. And if I get trashed, then I get trashed. I don't care. I, I even like myself getting trashed. I think it's hilarious. And G Don in the, G Don in the chat says MV was an MTV VJ in the eighties. Is he talking about me or Michael Vera? Because when I see Michael Vera right away, I think I'll bet you that guy was an MTV VJ. In the 80s, that's what immediately springs to mind for me. When I think of that, I think of maybe perhaps VH1, not MTV, but I could be wrong. He's more of a VH1 kind of guy. Hmm. Just strikes me that way. But furthermore, he goes on to say that he can't trust me, which, again, ironic, 
given the fact that what he did. And he goes on to say, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, and I have news for you, brother. That He says, he put brother, by the way. That reminds me of Hulk Hogan, brother, for those wrestling fans out there. They'll pick up on that reference, but carrying on, he goes, my show gets many thousands of listens each night. So when you say these networks do not do more than a thousand, you sure are not talking about mine. I will add, we will, we, um, get much more than one donation. He, he botched that, by the way. He says that he got much more than one donation. So get your facts straight. And what he means by that, brother, is there was this whole Halloween event that they were uh, parading around for about a month before it even went down, and they only got one donation throughout the whole event. And that was something that was posted by one of the women that posts constantly on Facebook. She's the one who revealed that they only got one donation, Michael. What's her name? I think her name was like Katie or Kara or something along those lines. She, well, she if they only got that. one donation, that's a shame with all that hard work they're doing over there. It really is. And I saw that. And of course, I even saw Heather Wade add on to that <laughs> where, where she even sounded sorry about that. And it even prompted her to say that she'll try even harder. So, well, you know, something <laughs> I like to bring up from time to time is, Amazing. do you remember? I think a lot of people forget about this when Heather was getting ready to start doing her internet radio show on Michael Vera's stream and she publicly stated that she was expecting millions oh of my listeners. God. Yeah. On her I'll... first video. Does anybody remember her saying that? I remember that. I, I mean, thought that, how that, that pretentious. That was like the moment where I thought, you know what? It's time to punch out. I'm punching out because this is insanity. I, I just <laughs> can't be bothered with this anymore. It and was, I think ever since her, I'm going to have millions of listeners comment. I have felt like. There's no longer any discussion to be had with regard to whether this woman is firmly grounded in the real world or not. Lord, indeed, yes. The pretentiousness and the delusion just shine through when, when those comments came about, right? Well, it makes me wonder if Michael Vera and the people behind his operation there if they believed that as well, did they all literally believe that she was somehow yeah, going to have they did. millions of right. listeners? I mean, I, I don't, I, I, that's, that's, uh, that's why that, I can't I find that so striking. I'm speechless. I'm well, actually that's, speechless. that's why Michael, I don't take any offense to Michael Vera or anyone on that network because I think they were just misled so heavily and seen dollar signs that weren't exactly even there to begin with. I think their perception was so fucked up that it made them act this sort of way. And again, I don't blame them for being snakes in the grass. I mean, I already knew that was in their nature day one. Actions speak louder than words. And they basically showed that to me the very first time I even fucking talked to them. Again, I'm not mad. I expected it. I expected no better. And I got what I, what I was uh, hoping for. And I was entertained by it all. That's basically what it was. Just killing two birds with one stone in terms of being able to complete the task that a friend asked for me. And the second was to anger some individuals out there 
just by the simple fact that I was even on the network. But in reality, it was like I was never even there, which helps me, though, because... G-Don. Yeah. G-Don in the chat says that them having Heather on their uh, little stream thing there was just a way of slapping Keith Rowland in the face. And I think that's right. I don't think yeah. that... I, think I mean, so. I've heard Heather, and I don't think there's anybody looking at her and saying, now no. there is talent uh, Fuck no. packaged and delivered. There is lightning in a bottle. No one's listening to her and saying that. I think anyone who's associating with her at this point has ulterior motives in doing so, and that seems really credible to me as their reason for getting involved with her. Correct. There's so much more that we could go into, but let me quickly finish the email here because your name gets mentioned here Uh oh oh yeah he goes on to say so get your facts straight and one more thing i never said mv sent shit i said i hope he did and i also never said the pics came through the mail i said email like that really makes a difference if it came through email or through the mail of a photograph that was basically defaced with bodily liquids, in other words. So, it, you mean, you know, it really doesn't matter where it came from. It's the fact that he thought it came from you. And I tried telling him that. And, well, you're getting the email now, so you could see what I'm talking about. He's someone who's kind of misinformed in many ways, in much more ways than one, in my opinion. Yeah, I, w- I would just like to know. I've, that's, that's baffling. Like I said, I mean, this summer I was just minding my own business. I mean, I couldn't have been minding my own business any more explicitly than I was. And then that whole thing with Vera just kind of exploded out of nowhere. And I, I still to this day have no idea what the source of all of that was, what the meaning behind it was what the catalyst for it all was. I have no idea. I think I was accused of like, uh, I was accused of taking their stream down somehow, some way. I guess maybe I was thought to be running some sort of a distributed Russian botnet that I could send commands to in an IRC chat room or something. I don't know. And, uh, when in reality, what was happening was they simply hadn't purchased enough listener slots for their stream. And so anyone who was trying to tune in over a certain number was getting rolled off and it was further causing the listeners that they did have connected and listening to have buffering issues. They were just, they had a really bad hosting company and a bad package as well. I mean, there are a million hosting shoutcast hosting companies out there that you can sign up with that have unlimited listener slots, no matter how many people sign on, uh, log into your stream. Uh, it will just continually dynamically adjust on the fly the number of listeners that are allowed to connect as needed. And that's a pretty standard thing that you can get for not a lot of money these days. So, um, with Heather having announced, and this was all stuff that happened when Heather began broadcasting on their stream. Um, so Heather herself was out there saying, I expect millions of listeners as she held her pinky up to the corner of her mouth. And so Good just Lord. by that statement, she was making a loan. You would think that would have prompted somebody to maybe have a conversation 
with the Shoutcast hosting company in preparation for these millions of listeners that were just right around the corner, but apparently no. So I don't know. It was a wild summer. I'll, I'll put it that way. It was insane. It was a fun summer. And, Michael, I do want to thank you very much for being a part of the program. I am looking at the time, and I definitely don't want to take up <laughs> any much more of your time. I know it's super late out there, and I do want to thank you again tremendously for being a part of this program. It's been a delight to finally have you on the program. It's been long overdue, my friend. Well, you know what? I had a good time, and uh, I enjoyed reading the chat room as well. And one of these days, if you want to do it again, just give me a holler. Yeah, we'll do it again. And we'll okay. definitely, we'll definitely again, uh, hang out again on, on the Gabcast. Uh, I'll call in and, uh, we'll, we'll trash some more people. You got it. And, um, it, before I go real quick, yeah, there go was ahead. one other thing any that fun- somebody wanted. Yeah. Any, anything else? The floor is yours. Go ahead and address anything you'd like, Michael. Um, I don't know. I lost it. There was one. Oh, someone, someone wanted us to mention Douglas Dietrich real quickly. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know Dietrich. anything about what I, sw- this is the irony of the whole thing. I have like as Mr. Belgab, I have no idea what his involvement with Belgab is or why he hates Belgab or anything. I mean, I'm so out of the loop on that. I couldn't even begin to tell you. But he really hates Belgab, that's for sure. I don't know why. The pedophile website, that's what he calls it. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. That's just something for somebody to say, I guess, when they've, they want to, I don't, I don't know why, where he's. I thought this wasn't, I thought this isn't. Biden. Yeah, man, I thought this isn't Tumblr. What's he talking about? I don't know why he would say that. That's baffling at best. Tumblr, but, Tumblr's, yeah, getting, I don't know. Tumblr's getting busted for child porn, by the way. Someone there. Well, I believe Tumblr has decided they're no longer going to allow pornography of any kind. That's that's why. On <laughs> they took oh, some hits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those dumb people there. They thought they'd get away with it, but yeah, they got busted there. So uh, Keith Rowland well, probably. Sorry I didn't, Keith Rowland might want to change host I'm sorry, there. Go ahead. We got a delay here. Go oh, ahead. I'm sorry about that, Michael. I, I was just saying. I hope Keith Rowland uh, changes his um, website host there. Um, wait, Keith Rowland is in some way involved with Douglas Dietrich? Oh, no, I'm talking about a Tumblr. I think he hosts his website there. Oh. Might want to get away from Tumblr. Yeah, that could be problematic, I suppose. But I I wish I had something spicier to offer people in terms of Douglas Dietrich commentary. I have tried to get him on the Gabcast. You tried. Um, I I was given three or four points of contact to get a hold of Dietrich. None of them were fruitful. Wow. So if anyone does have a way to get Dietrich on the Gabcast, I'd love to have him on and just talk to him about Belgab, see what his thoughts on the forum are, why he feels the way he feels about it. Um, I think that'd be a fun interview, but. Oh yeah. I don't know anything about the guy. I really don't. I don't even think he knows about himself. He seems to lie constantly about everything. So who knows? Well, that's too bad. I hate to hear that about anybody. <laughs> well, he's having a good time being a cross-dresser on San Francisco, so he's making up for it. He's an interesting-looking guy, isn't he? I remember. Oh, yeah. First time I saw his picture on Belgab, my response was, what is that? <laughs> he 
he's really an interesting uh, looking uh fella. Oh boy. Isn't he ever? Isn't he ever? Poor guy, poor guy. So Michael again, it's yeah, been amazing. It's been amazing, man. We'll we'll do it again in the future. Okay, take care. Have a good one. Good night, right. everybody. See you. Good night. And there he goes, the evil MV. That was fun, right? Special thanks to all of you out there who listened in tonight. Special thanks to deprogrammedradio.com and all of you on YouTube. And if you missed last week's show, rest in peace, Matt Stein, you can find that episode over at michaeldeacon.com as well as being able to donate to the program if you want to further enhance this program, you too can donate a few dollars directly to fund this program at michaeldeacon.com, right-hand side of the screen, hit that little donate button. All is totally appreciated. And of course, much love to all the international listeners out there, the Germans and the Canadians, those in the UK and New Zealand. Lots of listeners there. Really do love that. And, of course, if you are listening on a replay on the TuneIn Radio app, you can find this program live every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. That's where you'll be able to find it on the TuneIn Radio app. And, of course, tomorrow night I'll be live again. I hope you enjoyed tonight's program as much as I did. And with that said, the world is a very mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.